Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Oh, it's number 88. I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Iceman. Who's number 88? Eric Lindros. <laughs> Philly's own. Think he ate horse shit last week? Uh, he might have with as many concussions as he had. I'm surprised he was able to remember who the fuck he was when he went to his number retirement. Did he punch it ago? Did he punch the second police horse last week? <laughs> no, that's his brother, Brett Lindros. Yeah. Even shorter career. That whole thing, fa- man. That family must have some like must be very concussion prone. Like, I wonder if they got like like mama mama drank or lived under power lines when she was pregnant with him or something. Born with <laughs> glass skulls. Uh, Michael Irvin. Oh, Michael. Yeah. Wait. Oh, hold hold up. Uh, shit. Load faster. There's a payoff. Trust me. I think I know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> Michael Irvin. Give him his due. Give him his due. Oh, and it's looping. <laughs> See? Extra Michael Irvin for you. <laughs> Got to give Mike his due on 88. Give him his due. Yes. Any, any other number 88s? Yeah. Dale Jr. Dale Dale Jr. Yep. Jr. Well, used to be. Used to could. His car took the pole this year. He's number eighty-eight. Adam, say something. And dude, that's like podcasting for one. You, you start, yeah. Start talking about racing. It's me, me and Richard over here. Just <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Wow. I put gas in the car. I have a car. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. I did listen to the Joe Rogan episode with uh, Danica Patrick. And uh, it was, I think, I want to say like about two, two and a half hours maybe. It was interesting, but I mean, ultimately I was like, oh yeah, yeah, she's nutty as fucking squirrel shit. (laughs) No, she's all Aaron Rodgers. It's all for him. I mean, good for him, I guess. I don't know. well, to be fair, Peyton Manning is to serve as the honorary pace car driver for this year's Daytona 500. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers will be there as uh, Danica Patrick's wang. That's what, <laughs> that's what he'll be there as. Her, her official pace cock. Right. Mr. Patrick. So is, that an, is, that an up, is that an upgrade or did he downgrade? Fuck, that's a downgrade, motherfucker. Have you seen Olivia Munn? Yes. Yeah. My dog pooped. Have Have you seen Danica Patrick? Yeah. The choice is clear. <laughs> I mean, don't get it, don't, don't get it wrong. I, Danica Patrick's cute. Olivia Munn's hot. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know, man. A couple of those Go, go Daddy commercials that she was in when no, she got in the No, no, she, she, no. She does not even compare to Olivia Munn. I mean, I've seen all the yoga pictures of her and her, you know, fitness pictures. And it's like, I mean, I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. But if I had to, like, 
choose who I was going to try to hook up with for the night. If you that's, were Aaron Rodgers, you would that's pick Plan B. <laughs> Dude, Plan A is Olivia. Iceman, he's done. He's done it right. He's had them both. So more power to him, I guess. And Iceman, we're not. We're not even talking different leagues. We're talking different sports. <laughs> like, yeah, man, it's not even a competition. Like, yeah, again, I mean, yeah, Danica Patrick propositioned me. I'm not saying no, but I mean, oh, yeah, choice is clear, man. Not even, don't even have to think about it. Okay. Hey, man, that means it's all you with Danica Patrick. More <laughs> Danica Patrick for you. Yeah, so anyways, Alex Bowman, number 88. Alex Bowman. He is now. Oh, that's the new day, it's Dale to replace Dale. Yes, sir. Gotcha. As the poll at the Daytona 500. Five, 500. 500. <laughs> <laughs> 500. One of the few races that people go, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Oh, for wrecking? Yep. Yeah. It's not a matter of if there's going to be a big wreck, it's when's there going to be a big wreck. You know, when I went to college. Dagan's the best one for that, though. The college I went to in Florida was like right down the street. I mean, it was it was on the same street as the where the Daytona 500s at. So it was just like you know the International Speedway, whatever. And I was just every time I pass it, I'm like, God, I can smell the PBR and Skull Dip, you know. <laughs> just I don't know, just not my thing. Smell the rubbers. <laughs> Hear the future welfare checks being cut. Wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> hey, at least they don't have to get checked for concussions after every race. Really? Whatever. <laughs> well, this was long enough ago to where the only black person at the Daytona International Speedway would be Charlie Pride if he was singing the fucking national anthem. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, hot dog and popcorn vendors. <laughs> No, remember Michael Clark Duncan in, uh, what was it, Talladega Nights? He's the crew chief for Ricky Bobby, the only black guy in the stadium. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) You're first, you're last. All right, so as as listeners can tell, this is the uh, slow period of the sports year. Yeah. We're post football. So when we talk about NASCAR, it's got to be the slow period. Football's over, and doing my best to not want to kill myself. You got to, you know, the, the the playoffs for NBA and NHL are still far enough away to where it's like, uh, unless you're really dedicated to those sports, you're probably not getting that excited yet. They're not that far away though, because the uh, the fantasy hockey season and basketball seasons only have like uh, four weeks left. And then you got, you know, obviously March Madness. Yeah. But we do have, because it is, Jesus, I just realized something. Damn, man. Chris, this is the second Olympics we've uh, been doing the show. No. Yeah. Oh, no shit? No, we you're started, right. Yeah, we, we started b- before, before the Summer Olympics in 2016. We fucking did. Wow. Yeah. Because we covered uh, Swim Shady there. We, we did. That dipshit. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the Olympics later in the show, but uh, 
Hey, hey, here's yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> here's where I'm gonna let my co-host shine, and I'm gonna go take a dump. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm be out back counting stars. Uh, if you get that reference, then you're old enough to listen to the podcast. Go ahead. What's going on in the NBA, guys? Well, first I want to talk about and name the Cavalier roster. Okay, so we have LeBron James and... Well, as far as people you've heard of, yeah. And... Well, yeah, there's a lot of movement in Cleveland. Uh, a lot of movement? <laughs> my favorite meme was one that was shared in the chat, ironically, by Rich. LeBron said, it just said, I need 14 new niggas here by Monday. That's pretty much what went on. I just... I, yeah, I like, pretty much. I, I like early, he's like... LeBron and LeBron and I feel like I'm watching Super Troopers. Littering and littering and littering and littering and smoking, smoking the ganja. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Tristan Thompson's still there. J.R. Smith's still there. Kevin Love's still there, sorta. I mean, he's and on her. He's on the roster. <laughs> uh, Anybody surprised that he's hurt? Raise your hand. Okay, thank you. Oh, he can't because his is hurt. Right. But, uh, yeah, so uh, everything that I've read said this is setting up for, uh, what's his name, PG-13 and LeBron to go to L.A. next year. That's what this is all a setup for, all this movement in Believe Land. Ironically, the Cavs uh, uh, on a three-game winning streak, (laughs) the Cavs are actually doing well. Since were they pretty much, I mean, it's a salary dump, right? I mean, it, for Dwayne Wade, it, it was honestly like, dude, go back to Miami, retire f- with the Heat, and then we don't basketball. Right. That's what that move was. Pretty, pretty much. You're doing nothing here on the fucking, you're, all you're doing in Cleveland at this point is stirring up nostalgia and taking a spot on the fucking roster for somebody who could actually fucking play. Yeah, but you know, and draw. Yeah. So. Yeah. But dude, everybody went. Yeah. Now, it wasn't just Wade. Isaiah Thomas. See you later. Derrick Rose. Go bye bye. I think this Crap. was. Well, I just think this was the management going like, "Hey, Brown Brown, we spent all this. We got you your help. We're not getting return on this investment." You know, and they must obviously know what his decision is. Like, we're getting rid of all these people then. You, we know you're leaving. We're not going to keep all this money out. Deuces, you know, like. Well, the, ar- the argument is they, they made it clear that if he wants to go to L.A., they've paved the road. But they've also said, we've got you all the help that you've asked for. Make your fucking choice. Ba- basically, literally putting the ball in James's court. Well, you know, it's his move. Not really. They got rid of all the help. No, they didn't. We talked. Nance, dude. They li- Nance we literally is- just had a conversation about how they shipped everybody off. What the fuck? No, no, no. I they shipped their entire roster off. It's not all the talent. They got talent back. But it just, it was so funny to watch the entire fucking, like, but like last year when they, sh- when they got rid of Irvin and I was like, oh, that was a bad move. That, there goes their team. And they tried to replace them with the other short black guy, Isaiah Thomas? Yeah, no. Okay, real quick. How does them moving everybody but LeBron, basically, 
that they could move. Yeah, you know, like we said, you know, obviously Kevin Love, he's injured, blah, 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 blah. How does that open up the door for him to go to L.A.? Is okay. He- what what they did for L.A., the way they they had the trade with Isaiah Thomas and Nance and all of them, it took the, the salary cap for L.A. way, way down. The payroll for L.A. was, like, right at the ceiling. Like, you couldn't fit another dollar between their payroll and the ceiling. Okay. And because of, because of the people that Cleveland took, I mean, it's the, the they got enough room that it's, like, in the basement now. So if they want to bring in PG-13 and LeBron James, they have the money to pay them yes. now. Okay. All right. So, I mean, this is – they did not make these moves thinking this is going to – make LeBron happy and he's going to stay in Cleveland. Yeah, they did. They 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 did exactly that, but they also cleared the path to LA. Basically seriously telling LeBron, "Look, we've done everything we're going to do for you. You have all the help you need here now. We got rid of the turmoil, we got rid of the wasted space, we got rid of the caps, the salary cappers that are just sitting here baking a paycheck. You have a team that you can win with. If you want to stay in Cleveland, there's your team. You want to go, still go to L.A. and try that market? See you later. It, it almost appears to me, honestly, that the Cleveland owner has had enough. Because it was like I yeah. always was talking about LeBron James going, you know, you don't do that about your coach. You don't say that about your teammates. You don't come out to the pub. And basically, I think the owner was pretty much saying the same shit. put that evil on me. Right. And going, <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Here. I'll get rid of everybody you want. I'll bring in everybody you need. And either you play with them and you win, or you take the fuck off. I'm done. God, geez, what is happening? I can't not agree with you there. I mean, it's it's like, what, four or five times in two weeks? What is happening? (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, this is ownership going, what, this is, you know what this is? The ownership being Tom Cruise to LeBron James, Cuba Gooding Jr. They're doing, help me help you, LeBron. (laughs) Help me help you. What do you fucking need? They are currently still first in their division, but Milwaukee and Indiana are, uh, Bucks are a game and a half back, and the Pacers are two games back. So, Detroit's only six and a half out, even though they've lost Detroit the last three games. Lost. <laughs> what they've lost well, the last three? Yeah, I mean, isn't the the newness of having Blake Griffin pretty much wore off now? Like the yeah, the, the league pretty much adjusted. Yeah, I, I don't want to say the honeymoon, but you know the the novelty of oh, Blake Griffin, he's in a Pistons uniform. And then he's pretty much came back down to earth. I mean, I just saw an article about how uh, Stan Van Gundy was calling his brother. Like, what do I do? His, wait a minute. Stan, Van, Stan, yeah, Stan Van Gundy is the, the Pistons head coach. Yes. Yeah, Jeff is his brother. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's never a good look. <laughs> John Gruden ain't going to be calling Jay Gruden going, what do I run on fourth and one? <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. That's just not a good look. However, Eli did happen to call Peyton, so. <laughs> you know, J- J- Jim, Harbaugh, 
Jim Harbaugh might call John Harbaugh because <laughs> right now it looks like U of M hired the wrong Harbaugh. But that's just whoops. Maybe you should have hired the one who won the Super Bowl. Yeah, just saying. But <laughs> I do love Blake Griffin's number now. That is hilarious to me. What's his number? Twenty-three. Mark Aguirre. <laughs> 23, not 25. This is Mark Aguirre's number, and he's piston. Those people, why the fuck I even remember that? I just do. Oh, that Mark Aguirre. <laughs> Aguirre. Aguirre. What? I don't even like basketball, and I knew what he was saying. What the fuck? <laughs> Stop playing with your peekapoo or whatever and fucking pay attention <laughs> to the podcast. I have a cheapoo, not a peekapoo. That's what it sounds like. That's what those things sound like. They sound like an even gayer Pokemon. That's what <laughs> Chippo, I choose you. What the fuck? Ha! Gay! For 10 hours straight. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Anyways, number 23. Jordan's number. The great king LeBron James's number. And he just pulls it out his ass, puts it on, and fucking, here I am. Greatest in Detroit, bitches. <laughs> well, he ain't wrong at the moment. It's not <laughs> like he's got a lot of competition at the moment. No, nah, it's him and Drummond, man. They, they they got some things. They're good. Well, you know, it's funny that you should you should bring that up, you know, the great James, because, what is it, the final ESPN all-time 100 list as of right now, top 20. Anybody want to guess who they think is? The best, and this is for NBA, by the way. Anybody want to take a guess who is ranked number one? I know. Jordan. Of course. Jordan. Number two is kind of shocking. Kobe. You got Lou Alcindor, a.k.a. Oh, Kareem, Kareem. Bar. Uh-huh. Number three, LeBron. Over Kobe? Get that uh, shit out of here. Oh, oh. Get that get, shit out of here. Hold on. This it list, is in, this list is invalid. You got Magic Johnson at number four. Wilt Distilled at number five. Kobe's not in the top five? Larry Bird at number six. This list is garbage. Wait. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> them garbage drops. <laughs> Pac-Man Jones is going to make a comeback. Garbage. garbage. Bill Russell at number seven. Tim Duncan <laughs> at number eight. Shaquille O'Neal at number nine. Shaq Hakeem? should not even be anywhere near the top ten. Okay, hold on. Hakeem Olajuwon, number ten. Yes. Os- <laughs> Oscar Robinson, number 11. And at number 12... With a rock tied to his foot. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> wow, man. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. It's a podcast. We're supposed to have things to say. I'm speechless at this list. Yeah. So the only thing I could think is that this is either a poll that somebody rigged. Garbage. You know. Or being trolled. Or, yeah. Or it's it's a it's a... Very elaborate troll that someone posted up, and uh, it, it's being passed off as real. But it, it was it was posted on the the ESPN's website, their fa- I mean, excuse me, their Facebook page. So, and they posted it. Garbage. So, no. Okay. Okay. So, no. Okay. So, all right. I'll play the role of interviewer to you guys because I don't know what the fuck's going on. Okay, so all these moves are made. This is fucking Gilbert's way of saying to LeBron. All right, buddy. There you go. No distractions. Use it or lose it. You know, here, you, here it is. 
Here's a pod. It's time to shit in it or get off of it. Does this move work? In you guys' opinion? Yeah, it works to send them to L.A. I don't I mean, think he goes to L.A. I mean, I really don't. Why would he want to go to L.A.? Why? Because it's L.A. There's well, nothing no, no. there. Hold on, hold on. You guys have you guys have like pole vaulted over the rest of this season. I'm talking about does it work this season? Because here's the thought I had about this. Why, whenever Brady gets near a Super Bowl, including this last one that just went by, almost everybody unanimously says, unless your name's Eli Manning, I'm picking Brady because no one's proved they could beat him. And yet, everyone's going, oh, LeBron ain't getting to the finals this year. He's been in the finals how many years out of the last, what, seven, eight? I mean, he's been there all but, what, once or twice? I'm not saying he's going to win it all. But to doubt that he can get there, to doubt that 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 the, the team reason, can catch fire when it needs to. The reason that they doubt that he's going to make it is because of the quote super teams. LeBron James no longer has a big three in Cleveland. Dude, like the, like I'm, the other night, Steve Kerr fucking said, "Hey, uh, uh I'm uh, yeah, I'm gonna go get a burger. You guys want to coach?" And the fucking, <laughs> the fucking Warriors coach themselves. I mean, it's, the, the championship goes through them as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's, it's theirs to, you have to take it from them at this point. Like, it's, I don't see anyone else really giving them any problems for it. Yeah, like the players were literally drawing on the whiteboard, <laughs> making their own plays. Steve Kerr let him do huddle. He was like, yeah, you guys, you guys coach yourselves. Well, I'm no, look, I'm not doubting that if it's a rematch of last year, I, you know, I would never put money on it, but if I had to pick one, it'd give me Golden State all day. But that doesn't stop LeBron and the Cavs from getting to the finals. No, it doesn't. That's what I'm talking about. The re- and again, Rich, the reason people are saying that he's not going to make it is he doesn't have the big three. All the super teams have at least the big three, including Boston, who they think will stop him from getting to well, the five. I was just saying the East right now, it's really all about the the Raptors and the Celtics. Right. Well, I mean, I can tell you this. Your boy, Iceman, Stephen A. Smith, uh, I read a transcript of his rant about LeBron where he was like, look, the, great, the greats don't need all this bullshit help. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But, I mean, he basically called him out. Did the same thing I, you've been doing. Yeah, I did that a long time ago, and he said I needed help. You know, I didn't and, you needed and, help. And he, unfortunately, like Chris, I'm like, what the fuck? I got to agree with Stephen A. Smith? Ah, he's right. <laughs> when Michael Jordan was winning in the 90s, he didn't need all the bullshit help. He needed one guy, and he didn't even need him. Scottie Pippen was his mainstay. Every other position on that court was a fucking carousel. And it didn't stop Jordan, not just from getting there, but also winning the title. I I heard it put the best way possible. In football, Belichick and Brady are the best coach-quarterback combo ever. That is true. In basketball, who's the best coach-player combination ever? Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan. Yeah, you got to give it to them. Right. I mean, you could make an 
you could make well, an argument. State, is this the part where we state obvious things? What's, what's well, no. Well, just to, to, you could make an argument that, you know, Pat Riley, Magic Johnson, Pat Riley, you know, the, the, the Showtime Lakers, basically. But, I mean, but that was more of a team than a coach slash player, you know, pairing, necessarily. But, I, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I got to I gotta kind of echo Chris's sentiment. Okay. And in, in other news, my, you stick your head in the fire, it's going to burn. My point is, is LeBron's never been that guy. Ever. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, true. He, he, yeah, it, it's always been about LeBron and nobody else. There hasn't been a... a uh, yeah, there has been the one-two punch with LeBron and a coach. You are correct, sir. But it, and it, it's he's you know he, we hear that he's the greatest player in the world currently or the greatest player ever, and he's not. That's the media trying to build up a certain person, just like in NHL. Who's the best player in the NHL, Rich? According to the media. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to probably see. They're probably still gonna fucking Trump Cros or Trump at Crosby for another couple of years at least. Right, and they did that with him. And in football, it's Brady. They each have their own. You know, in in, in Major League Baseball, it's uh, what's his? That's the pitcher. I can't even think of his name. No, you're wrong on that, homeboy. It's oh, been like Mike, Mike Trout. Trout has, yeah, it, Mike Trout. There, are, okay. there are there are so many fucking people in the media who carry. Buckets and buckets of water for Mike Trout. So right now in the NBA, they're trying to say it was LeBron James. They've said it for years. Woohoo. And now he's getting too old. And they're trying to move off him. The Kings lost his crown. He's he needs his core. What do you mean trying though? Like he's got he's not like he hasn't won any championships. No, no. By no means am I saying that, dude. By no means. LeBron James is a great player. He really is. When he shuts up, gets on the court, and wants to play, yeah, he's a great player. But he needs help to win. He can't win by himself. No, he definitely likes to be in the middle of a team near the top of the... Well, he wants to be the top dog. But, I mean, I've said this. We've all said this in, in separate at separate times since we've been doing the show as a, you know, as a, as, as a three-person show. I don't get the feeling that he demands the ball when the game's on the line. Yeah, and that ain't the top dog then, because that's who, that's the top dog. The top dog says, "Give me the ball with one second left." Top dog says, well, "One second. It's like Jack Nicholson in uh, *Figured Men*. You want me on that wall? You need me on that wall. That's the, that's the top dog. One second or, left. Or Gene Hackman in *The Replacement*. Give me the, the fucking winner ball. Wants the fucking ball. Yeah. When the game is on the line, you're right. Well, I, I, you know, the, <sighs> the NBA has pretty much turned into super teams and everybody else, super teams and also Rants. And yeah, I'm finding it amazing that with uh, Paul Pierce getting his number retired, there's a severe lack of attention being brought to the prototype super team of the modern era, which is the 2008 Celtics. Oh, you know, were, they, were they brought in KG? 
Milando, yeah. Pierce, Larry Allen, or Larry Allen. <laughs> Ray Allen, yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Dallas? I mean, that was the original big three as far as as far as modern era. So, I mean, I once again, LeBron even overshadows the facts. You know, oh, well, he... The big three, you say the big three, and, and most people, I guarantee you, are going to start talking about the Miami Heat. And it's like, no, that uh-huh. wasn't the first big three. And by the way, uh, didn't take them how many years to win their first, their first championship together? They did it first year. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I Chris Paul ended up being their Ringo. I, you know, I kind of wonder Chris how Paul. much... Uh, it was Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, right? It was Bosch. Oh, Chris Bosch. Well, see, see, you prove my point. <laughs> Chris Bosch, Ringo. Sorry. And Larry Allen. <laughs> I just, I, I got to wonder with, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It, maybe it's because we're not on the West Coast, but it seems to me that if you were on the West Coast, NBA talk would be dominated by Golden State. And if if these moves weren't being made with LeBron's team, would everybody be talking about LeBron right now unless they're talking about how bad the team is starting to choke? No, they wouldn't. And unfortunately, Golden State has become the Patriots. The only people that talk about Golden State are Golden State fans, unless they're the haters and they're well, like, last look year, at all the everyone, technical fouls they well, got. Last year, everyone couldn't... Everyone was breaking their necks to suck their dicks last year. What? No one yeah, likes them this, sh- this year? No, because they're getting like technical fouls, like three a game. <laughs> Every time, turn around. Tech, tech, tech. Hey, man, when you're on top of that mountain, all people want to do is knock you off of it. I mean, it's a legit point. I don't know. I just, once again, I just think that LeBron is. He. I don't know. It, it, he garners too much attention, but at the same time, the NBA don't give a shit because people are paying attention. Their ratings are up. They're not the NFL. They're not trying to explain away, you know, why last year's finals was the lowest rated finals in nine years, like they've been doing since the Super Bowl ratings came out. You know, so NBA, they're fine with it. And you have to believe at some point, LeBron, even though he doesn't maybe want the ball, one second left, loves the attention. And his game is to play, I don't love the attention. He's the guy who has his, he's the guy whose game to pick up chicks is, I have no game. Like, I'm, I don't play games. I'm just, you know, hey, how you doing? And that's just it. He's, so, just, he, he's just famous, so he just walks in and gets them. Well, yeah, dude, because how many hours have we talked about this, man? And even even last year after the finals, it wasn't just us. I mean, at best, you could say we were a reflection of what most of the mainstream sports media was doing. We were talking about fucking LeBron in Cleveland. And what's going to happen? Who's who's he going to bring in? Is LeBron going to stay? Is he going to demand a trade? Is I mean, there was a bunch of bullshit flying around. Uh-huh. And, and if I'm Golden State, I'm going, excuse me, didn't we win the motherfucking championship? <laughs> uh, yeah, but they got paid, though. By the way, <laughs> the, LeBron dropped in uh, 37 tonight as they beat OKC 120 to 112. Well, we're sitting here talking all this mad shit about him. 
<laughs> he dropped almost 40 points. Well, he should. He just got a whole new team, dude. The median age on the Cleveland Cavaliers now is like 26. Again, man, you are a tough fucking audience. Like, well, he should. I'm not he, a tough audience, dude. You, you, that, that poor he, dog. He that poor out an entire fucking team, that, dude. That poor dog. You'd be like next Tuesday, like why? Why are you still shitting in the house? We've had you for like a week. <laughs> what are you like seven weeks old? Yeah, actually, he would be. <laughs> the fuck? What kind of seven week old dog don't know to go shit outside? And then when he shits outside, it's like, oh, you're gonna give the dog a treat? No, that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. I'm not a tough audience, dude. He changed out an entire fucking team. He, 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 like he's the GM. Like we're back, we're back oh, to this so discussion. You're not going to start this. You're not going to start this. You this think he ordered all these moves? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The story's already broke that he went and told on fucking Dwayne Wade for sitting in the locker room watching Heat games at halftime. Checking the score and shit. He's not even in tune with Cleveland. He wanted to be back in Miami. Okay, but wait a minute. The motherfucker was drafted by him, spent the majority of his career there, played with, unarguably, two Hall of Famers there, won championships there. Why shouldn't he be interested in what his old team is doing? I, I that, totally agree with you. And there was already rumors when he was in Chicago that he wanted to go back to Miami. He didn't even want to stop at Cleveland. Oh. I, I, I'm just saying, every no time you, every time you jump on the ludicrous train, Iceman, I ask you the same question: What's the up? What What does he get out of this? LeBron? Yeah. What's the upside? He gets a younger, faster team, more talented team. More talented, motherfucker. We started talking about like how we don't know. Like he's the only person left we know on the roster. Right, but it doesn't mean the talent's not there. You know Nance Junior from L.A. Not really. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> I, was I say. bet you our listeners do if they watch NBA. Okay. But here or there, man, it, it's, he's got a younger, faster, talented team that he can play with and win with. All of the, the distractions, the ruckus, the, the, you know, hurt, injury prone. Other than love, that's gone. Derrick Rose, see ya. Isaiah Thomas, bye. Dwayne Wade, thanks for putting asses in the seats. You can go home now. I don't even know why you acquired Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade. I mean, are you just into like paying, like you got good insurance or something? (laughs) Like those motherfuckers. I mean, Dwayne Wade should have hung it up five years ago. And Derrick Rose, I mean, his career has been... his career has been a joke. I mean, what's the meme that goes around every year? Playoff time on the internet. Derek Rose's playoff jersey's now available, and it's a suit ad. Yep. Like this is, dude. I'm telling you, this wasn't LeBron. This was general management going, dude. We got to get rid of some dead weight. Like these two, these two bitches who just fill up the bench and never play and just stay injured. They got to go. You know, Isaiah Thomas, thanks for spending half of your season spending most of the time with us. I mean, think about it. They got rid of three players. I mean, Thomas played, what, two weeks with him before he got shipped off? Yeah, he played like 15 games. Yeah. So between him, I mean, the accrued DL time 
between just three of those guys that they offloaded. I could. This is a management move. This isn't a LeBron. LeBron already went there and you know flexed his nuts. So we got the coach that they have now. All right, but let me. Okay, let me ask this question: Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose. You knew you were getting damaged goods with those two. Isaiah Thomas. If you're Isaiah Thomas, does this put a chip on your shoulder? Huge. Yeah, it should this for like two teams. Third, I think third or fourth time he's been traded in three year, four years. Hey, so but if you're Isaiah Thomas, do you start thinking maybe it's you? With got to be something like based that. on what you just said. Either your output isn't good enough for a team to want to hold on to you. That's what I would be thinking. Apparently, when I'm not injured, what I'm putting on the court isn't worth worth it enough for this team to hold on to me. Or, may, yep. or maybe, or there's always this, especially when you get in the NBA, he could suck to play with. He could not be fun to have on your team. Well, dude, when he finally started playing and wasn't down because of his hip, the fucking Cavaliers tanked. And, like, towards the end of January, they had only won five games since Christmas, bro. It was terrible. They're still over 600. Now? Now, they never... Really, dude? Do I got to roll back tape? Because every week I've called you on it, they've been over 600. Like, right now, they're at 600. They are the lowest they've been. But they've been over 600 the whole time you've been saying that they've been taking a shit. Dude. They were like five and like sixteen. I don't give a fuck what their total was. <laughs> Here we go again. If if they didn't fix it and fix it quick, they weren't making the playoffs. They never have not been. They have stayed. They have been solidly in the number three spot since Christmas in, okay. the, in the Eastern Conference. Okay. What do you mean, okay? I can go back on, like, the last... Dude, you're talking about the team that won, went to the fucking finals the last three years, and they're solidly in the third spot. Come on, man. Okay. Shit was going wrong, and if they if didn't the playoff fix it, started they were going today, down. They'd still make it. They were never not in the playoff picture. They are okay. still in it. All right, I got to argue with you. They are 33-22. and 22. I don't know if it's anything. They, First place no, in their division. Look, I get if your point, Earl, is that they were on the decline and you don't want to go into the playoffs with a team that's been just stuck in a fucking epic slump and rut. Yeah, I can agree with that. But, I mean, to say that they were going to tank their way completely out of the playoffs, I don't know, man. I mean, I, th- I think I think some of your 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 dislike for LeBron's color in your opinion on that one it had nothing to do with LeBron, dude. It had to do with the team chemistry, the the way it was being ran, the way it was being put together. It just didn't work. And if you want to roll back and look at it, Chris and Mister Statsman, go ahead. When Isaiah Thomas finally got off the injured list and started playing, they started to suck, and in a very bad way. Like I said, in the middle towards the end of January, they had only won five fucking games since Christmas. It was bad. And if they continued to play like that and there was no sign that they weren't going to, they would have found themselves out of the playoffs. This is a team that for the past three years, when they had Kyrie Irving, was at the top and looking for a bye week going into the playoffs. 
and they were happy with just sitting solidly in third and, and on a decline out, on their way out? No. So you're right. It was a management move. But I think it was based on LeBron going, this is what needs to happen for years. And then they were like, you know what? I'm going to do this one last time. You got it. Out they go. In they come. You got a younger, faster, talented team. Do it or leave. If you can't do it now, you never will, and we're tired of waiting. I mean, what is there to wait for, though? They got their championship. The icing on the cake and a cherry on top would be if they win another one before he leaves. I mean, because it, look, it's like it's like when Sue was up here playing for Detroit. Only the only the most deeply drinking of the Lions Kool Aid thought that Sue was there was a snowball chance in hell that Sue was going to sign up here. I mean, that, that's it. Everyone knew he was gone. They just didn't know where he was going. So it's the same with LeBron, isn't it? Pretty much. I mean, Jesus Christ, once again, they lose to Golden State for the next week on Sports Talk Radio. Not, by the way, Cleveland Sports Talk Radio. Local Detroit Sports Talk Radio and National Sports Talk Radio. It was where will LeBron go after next season. Pretty much tells you all you need to know. So it seems to me that, yeah, this is, hey, one last gasp, and fuck it. Blow the team up after that. What do they have to lose? If LeBron leaves, they're not winning any championships. They're not going to build a super team around who in Cleveland without LeBron. Who are they going to get? Are they going to call up Detroit and ask for Blake Griffin? Are you going to build a super team around him? <laughs> then you have Blake and Kevin Love sitting in the locker room going, damn, my hand hurts. My neck hurts. My hand and my neck hurts. But I'm getting paid 150000 <laughs> Good work if you can find it. Oh, Griffin, it's usually more his knee, isn't it? Yeah. Right now it's his face. He's got a basketball smacked off his face in the game the other night. <laughs> All right. So we shat on LeBron for a good 45. I'm just saying it'll be interesting to see what happens at the end of the season. Is there any way, is there any way, with everything that's happened in LeBron's career up till now, moving forward, is there any way for him to get a little bit of respect from you, Earl? Disregard everything that happened before. That's what I'm saying, just from here on out. Yeah, but it won't happen. He needs to shut up and play ball. Shut up, play ball, and win. That's it. You know what? Shut up and play ball. He'll get my respect if he does that. But he won't. He can't. It's not who he is. So, no. Be the short answer to their If he proves me wrong, then he will earn my respect. But he won't. I don't care if if he wins. I don't care if he went to eight and only won three. I don't care about any of that. I care about how he treats his team, his coaches, his city. I... Mm-mm. But a I lot mean, of look, this is conje- a lot of you, that stuff, though. Man's conjecture, man. Like you think he went into the GM's office and was like, you know, get me fourteen new niggas by Monday. Like you don't know. You, you think that's <laughs> what went down? That, I, I'm going by past experience with LeBron at Cleveland. I need a new coach. And now, fuck you, because you're putting me in a fucking position of defending him for <laughs> for thinking that way. <laughs> well, look, I, I mean, 
last okay perfect perfect example of what I'm getting at why I asked this question last NHL playoffs for a minute for a, for a hot second I was like wait a minute why am I not hearing Crosby cry like I'm like I'm used to hearing and then what happened team executives people in the front office of the penguins started crying on his behalf and I was like oh there it is oh I get it now Somebody in like like in his circle of people told him, "Yeah, you look like a bitch, and you need to shut up and let other people do the crying for you. Just go out and play the game. Stop with the bitching about no calls. Stop with the with, with the nonsense. Just go out and play your game, and don't complain about anything. Let them complain. Let them take the heat for it. But that so really, he's not." doing anything different, he's still the type of player that's a straight bitch. He's just going to cry and complain because he's not getting his way. And I've never really had any sympathy for players like that. I I just, I don't. And I mean, if if that's the reason you don't like LeBron, I get that. I understand that. It it is. uh, And and it's a lot part due to everybody trying to compare him to Jordan and People like Chris with, oh, look at his stats, and they're so much better. Jordan played at a very rougher time to play basketball than LeBron is, where elbows were were plentiful. And when he got his player switched... Did you walk to school with no shoes? When he, when he got his player switched, you never heard Jordan came out and cry, I need more help. I need a different coach. I, I need this. This person's racist. You never heard any of that shit from Jordan. Jordan sat there, played his fucking game, he went home. He came back when he was sick with the fucking flu. Played the fucking game. Well, if, he, if he did bitch about it, he was smart enough to keep it out of the media. Right, it was behind closed doors. Exactly. And all you hear from, you know, LeBron is, oh, I need to rest. I'm tired. NBA season's too long. I need better players. I need another coach. I need. I need. I need to sit down and shut the fuck up. Millions upon millions. You're almost a fucking billionaire. Go away. All right. Once again, no love lost between the Iceman and LeBron James. <laughs> there is some love lost between LeVar Ball and L.A., though. <laughs> Dude, that guy is going to f- just... He's setting himself up to get menendez Seriously. He's going to fuck his other two sons' careers up before, before uh, Lonzo flames out. Dude, I'm so not even worried about his other two sons. LaMelo, LiAngelo, I'm not even worried about them because he is so, so going to fuck Lonzo Ball because Lonzo sucks. I called that a long time ago. Iceman did a long time ago, and he's really sucking. And they're all about being done with LeVar Ball, saying that their coach has lost the team and they need to have his brothers and all of this bullshit and I'm like, dude, it's it's so not far off. I would not be shocked at the end of the season if, if Lonzo Ball wasn't on L.A. anymore in one facet or another. He's averaging 10.2 points a game, 
7.1 assists, 7.1 rebounds. Stats, man, what is the record? Uh, do I have to say it? His, his stat line sucks. <laughs> Those are very pedestrian numbers. Not even pedestrian, dude. Those aren't even college numbers. Serious, real talk. They're not even numbers that you were like, hey, he's a good player in college. Nah. The Lakers are 23 and 32. Oh, boy. <laughs> Kobe and Shaq are long gone. Way gone. This was supposed to be the new Showtime with uh, with uh, Magic running it. Wah, wah. No, shit. Oh, Jesus fucking, get the fuck out of here. Lonzo Ball was born the year I graduated high school. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Wow! Every once in a while, you look up somebody's age that's in it's active in sports, and you say that that really sticks in your craw. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I started to laugh, but I, I thought about it. What year did you graduate? Ninety-seven. Yeah. Fuck off. Whatever. <laughs> Damn it. No, this year's the year that uh, same year I graduated. And this year's the year where it's now the year worth uh, you have to buy liquor. It's it's. I saw it the other day. I was like, God damn. It's already that time, huh? But anyway. See yeah, and, and, and meanwhile, here I graduated in 94. <laughs> <laughs> what up, old man? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, Lonzo, what LaVar Ball says his three sons should play together. What was he saying? That Lonzo needs his brothers to, to be his best? And then I'm just... Or- and I'm just sitting there thinking when I'm reading this, like, bitch, if you have to play with somebody, you aren't that good. If you if you have to have somebody around you so you can shine, then you aren't that good. LeBron, we're looking at you. Dude, really? Anyway, we moved on from that conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were still talking much about that. As much as you want to keep perfectly. beating a dead fucking horse. I just, I thought you were describing it. My bad. Go ahead. Uh, there's really I said what I need to say and, and LeVar Ball's no, a fucking I, I idiot and keep shitting on him I love shitting Le, on him LeVar Ball is not an idiot and Magic Johnson full heartedly agrees with LeVar Ball couldn't agree more with LeVar Ball they need to all play on the exact same team in Lithuania Lonzo yeah. take your ass to Lithuania <laughs> the fuck out of here yeah but at 23 dad and your brother's with you at 23 and 32 do you think it's lonzo ball's fault you think it's all his fault he's a rookie too i mean yes and no at the same time he he can't he can't match up in the nba i don't know if you've seen any of his games played he's six six, 190 he ain't skill wise skill 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 wise he can't he has no defense I don't know what the fuck his shot is with the side of the head bullshit. He just can't match up, bro. He got drafted. Uh-huh. Somebody saw something. Um, okay. Well, you think LeVar cut the Lakers a check? Or <laughs> or or the Lakers fell for, you know, choo-choo, motherfucker. Here comes the hype train. Yeah. Make yeah, way. He's, a, he's, he's the great black hype, man. Seriously. He's the second coming. He's better than LeBron. He could be Jordan one-on-one. He's going to take Steph Curry to the hole and teach him how to play. Yeah. Sure. On PlayStation, probably. Not even. 
<laughs> not even an NBA, an NBA live, wins. sure. <laughs> Shit. What was it, NBA 2K something right, from years ago? I dominated on that game. I'll take all y'all onto the hole in that game. <laughs> Just don't ask me to do it in real life. Unless you got a defibrillator nearby. Yeah, the only dribbling Rich does is with his lip. No, the only dribbling I do these days is if I don't shake it off well enough. <laughs> no matter how much you wiggle and dance, the last three drops go in your pants. It's a nice little rhyme. I'm going to tell that to Mandy later. <laughs> so, is she ever bitches about, why you got stains on your underwear? Well, see? <laughs> you don't have to carry this thing around. <laughs> exactly. By the way, honey, you got granny panties that I've never seen, okay? And we all know what's on those. <laughs> Scrambled eggs. Yeah, speaking of dicks and pussies, we were talking about LeVar Ball. I mean, is it, I mean is, it moves to a show of dead horses. I mean, if we, we've really wrung all we really have out of this guy, right? I mean, it's... Well, no, it's, I, just, I, th- I think with this move, he's trying to get his kids on L.A., and what's going to happen is, seriously, Lanzo Ball is going to be off of L.A. I'll be impressed if he makes it through this season. I will be fucking amazed if Lonzo Ball is still a Laker next season. Especially with all the hype and talk about LeBron going to L.A. If LeBron goes to L.A., oh, that's gonna make he's not shine. going there. That's he's not, He'll tell you. Fuck that, dude. He's not going there. To play with Lonzo Ball and Isaiah Thomas, he's already proved he can't play with Isaiah Thomas in Cleveland. So I, I guarantee you, right now, I'll call it, live up to my name, if LeBron goes to L.A., Lonzo, Isaiah, book your fucking plane ticket. You're out. Well, that's what I was going to say. How the fuck did... That's what didn't make sense about the Thomas trade to L.A. If that's the destination LeBron wants to go, why the fuck would they trade him to L.A.? Unless it's just a rental. Salary cap. Get rid of the salary cap, and then you, you take on Isaiah Thomas at a lower cost, and then you could trade him and get, uh, you know, PG-13 perhaps. Trade him to OKC. Still get the right name recognition of Isaiah Thomas at, at a way discounted price if you're OKC. LA has, is going to have to pay PG-13 a lot of money. A lot of money. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It... it I don't follow the NBA enough for this to make sense to me, I guess, because to me, it just, it seriously, all this sounds very. Okay, let me put a convoluted. Convoluted, and it's like, no, I mean, I get it. I understand moving around players to get this out, to get them under the salary cap so they can make the moves next season. He might have asked his basketball expert friends. We don't know. I did. But I did. But uh, they're, they're passing Isaiah Thomas around like Dallas. Oh, okay, okay. So now it's a podcast for two, right? And 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 about twenty other guys from high school, if they ever listen, <laughs> got it. All right. <laughs> I had to put it in your terms, Rich. It's fucking NBA. You oh, get I got it you. Now, I got so you. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have you guys gotten it out of your system, or do we want to hate on somebody in the NBA more? It's been out of my system. Okay. There's nothing really to hate, man. It just, it's, uh, 
It's a fun time in the NBA right now. Porzingis, see you later, dude. You you, were done, son. If you just hated for an hour. You're like, oh, there's nothing to hate. (laughs) I I only hate on one thing in the NBA. I don't hate the NBA. Did you you see that Porzingis is done? Yeah, he's injured. ACL tear. He's done, dude. Yeah, bye-bye. Didn't we cover that already? Yeah, but... I've been thinking about this. At his size, he's done. You're not coming back from an ACL tear being that size. Dude, he's a rookie, isn't he? He's no. Your second year. He's a rookie. He's relatively new. It's the second year if it's not his rookie year. Yeah, you're I'm right. not worried about that. I'm worried about his height, his size. He's young. He'll be all right. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> Hey, you're the motherfucker saying Gronk fakes his injuries. Oh, don't even get me started on this. That's what I'm trying to do. Because I want your ludicrous thought to be heard throughout the internet. People to hear the, when people to hear the crazy shit that you say. Yes, everybody that listens, I think Gronk fakes injuries to go party. And I don't just think it, I have proof. He was on an injury and then was on live national television on World Wrestling Entertainment spearing somebody in a ring. If he's injured and injured enough to not go make a fucking paycheck that week, the fuck is his ass doing out in the ring? Because there's a big difference. There's a way. What the fuck? What the big difference? Because that's like, because what he did with WWE might as well be West Side Story. There's a big difference between that and going out and getting hit by a bus. Oh. There's a lot. It's a if you're injured, and you're injured enough that you're not going to go out and play for your team and help them win that week, you are injured. This is like a fucking parent, dude, talking to a kid. If you're too sick to go to school, you're too sick to go out and play. Wow. What the wow. fuck is that? I have nothing to say to that because just, wow. Like This is an expectation you set on a professional athlete. This is an expectation I set on a fucking six-year-old. Well, if that is the case, obviously enough people on New England are okay with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it was never about him. That is the greatest coach-quarterback combo in NFL history. They could take somebody out of the stands and win. In two weeks ago. And before that, they hadn't before. It Some days, they just can't. Uh, overall, they can, and they've proven it. Oh, oh, but I bring that up, and it's fake. It's all fake. I bring, I bring it up, and you tell me it's fake. Vince McMahon there's, has planned all these sports. It's all fake. That there's no way that they could not that they could totally get shut out by a team the next time that they play them. It has to be fake. That was fake. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you are all, uh, all over the map. That's yeah. And since we've Let's come back to through, Earth, since we've officially seemed to move into the football portion of the show, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I guess we should talk about this legal move that we batted around pre-game or pre-game pre-show. Colin Kaepernick's legal team was looking to depose uh, Papa John, Papa John himself, <laughs> in, for collusion with. Uncle Jerry and other owners, and I. Unless someone's come up with a, a theory since we talked about it t- an hour and a half ago, 
I'm still scratching my head about this going, what the fuck does this guy yeah. do with anything? Like, is the best you got? Papa John? Like, I'm on Kaepernick's side. But the first thing I thought is like, this really? This is the best you can do. I don't fuck. I, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it, to me, it, it, unless I'm missing uh, some sort of legal maneuver here, it just seems like a, fish, a fishing expedition. And maybe they're hoping to get him in a deposition to basically refuse to answer questions and cast some doubt there. But what good does that do on a, in a trial? Uh, my uh, question is, is uh, what it, questions are you they just said ask it, Rich. Papa John? You just said it, Rich. It's cast doubt. A good lawyer doesn't... A good lawyer does not, uh, ex- you know, uh, care about, you know, whether or not you did the crime. A good lawyer casts reasonable doubt. That's pr- that's what this is. This is. I mean, smoke I, I, screen. I understand, but this is a this isn't a a, a criminal case, right? I mean, I and I mean that's not. A, I know that sounded like a question, but it really wasn't. I just put the wrong inflection at the end there. I had a Christopher Walken moment. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I mean, most likely it's going to be a judge sitting there. Judge ain't going to fall for no bullshit legal trickery. At least you hope. At least you hope that if they're a fucking judge, they've learned that, like, okay, yeah, I'm glad that you paid attention in first year law school. Now, can we get on with the real shit here? I mean, I, I can understand if it was a criminal trial, getting someone who maybe you thought had information in... In, in respect to the crime on the stand in front of a grand jury because if they start copping the fifth well boom you know what I'm saying you, you, you've, you've, set, you've, you've set it up to where okay look if you're going to plead the fifth why don't you come in and see the prosecutor and have a little conference and have a little meeting here and we're going to talk about why you're pleading the fifth what do you know and if you know enough we'll look the other way on what you did as long as you testify against your boy here but that doesn't. This. Do you really think John Sh- Shaner, Shatner, whatever the fuck his name is, Papa John, is going to fucking roll over on Jerry Jones to the, to the tune where Kaepernick's lawyers are going to be happy? I don't. The motherfuckers are still going to make money hand over fist. My question remains the same. What the fuck does John know that he could tell them? He spends if, all of his time with Peyton Manning. Yeah. We all got together at the meeting and said, fuck that N-word. That's, well, does I mean, that they if, think he's going to say? If you go by the, if you go by the, the uh, CBS Sports article, it's because they feel that there's a, specifically that, that they're going to interview him about Jerry Jones and what role he may have played in the comments about players kneeling and even to dig further, Donald Trump. I mean, you know, something that we really haven't discussed that that may be in play here is that these guys know this is a losing case. They know it's going to be damn near impossible to prove collusion. So what they're hoping to do is basically legally slander the NFL and the owners to the point where it puts a dent in their paychecks. And if that's the case, then yeah, expect a bunch of legal grandstanding and maneuvering and courtroom theatrics. Because at that point, you're not worried about winning the case. You're worried about making the people that you're, you brought the case against look bad. 
Winning is is. Wait, let's start the, this. Mark Garrigus is his lawyer. I feel like I I know the name, but I feel like I should know exactly why I know the name, but I don't. Uh, Jackson. He's Michael Jackson's lawyer. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, he was Scott Peterson's lawyer. Ugh. Okay, yeah. so so far he's batting five hundred. <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> I mean, because uh, look, look, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a fan of Donald Trump and his nonsense statements that that he has. It's why he's up there at some rally to feed his ego talking about NFL players when he's president of the fucking country and he's got bigger problems to worry about is beyond me, but whatever. He's campaigning. For hey, he's, he's, yeah, he's camp- yeah, exactly. <laughs> he still thinks Crooked Hillary has a chance to win the 2016 election. That's that's the problem. But that's, beside, that's, that's another podcast. I do... You're going to do nothing but push people who are pro-Trump deeper into the pro-Trump camp because it's going to come off like you're just trying to sling shit enough to get some on him. And the people who hate Trump are never going to fucking come over to the Trump side. I mean, at the very best, I mean, I'm talking ideal situations. The best you're going to do is get them to, to fucking be neutral about Trump. And that's asking that's that's asking for basically a miracle, divine intervention to happen. <laughs> so it, it, once again, this is seems to me this is well, let's drag their name through the mud, but we'll do it in a way to where they can't come after you know, they can't basically Kaepernick wants wants his pound of flesh and he wants to drag their name through the mud and he knows if he does it through the legal system and he covers his ass well enough they can't come back on him for it. Well, uh, here's my thought. If they're going to depose people like Papa John, why not depose Donald Trump? The man who said, fire those sons of bitches for taking a knee. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about collusion and saying that it's because Kaepernick's black and all of this, I mean, not for nothing, but uh, it's not because he was black. It was because he was taking a knee. And Donald Trump said it publicly. Yeah, but once again, dude, and, you know, well, fuck it. We haven't had this fucking argument in a while. <laughs> so I, I'll risk bringing, I'll, I'll risk, I'll risk getting it going it's again. A, it's the greatest hits episode. Trump, <laughs> Trump's very, Trump's very good at painting certain issues to be what they're not, but what he wants them to be. Okay. And the, the simple minded among us who have bad bullshit detectors Go for it, hook, line, and sinker every time. Somehow, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, protesting police officers, killing unarmed black men, turned into, in Donald Trump's world, he's disrespecting the troops. The troops were never mentioned by Colin Kaepernick. The United States military was never mentioned by Colin Kaepernick. Donald Trump framed that entire situation the way he wanted it to rally his base. And it worked. It had it, what Donald Trump says was going on is not based in reality. Is not based on facts. It's based on his guiding the narrative to where he wants it. And and it, the proof lies in the pudding that here we are, two years out, almost, and no one's talking about why Ka- Kaepernick took a knee 
people are still crying about it's disrespecting the troops. The troops had nothing to do with him taking a fucking knee. Yeah. Here, here's the thing that it gets me. Colin Kaepernick, take a knee, sit down, lay down. I don't even show up. I don't care. He's the only one, the only one that doesn't have a job that's taking a knee. Because the first person through the wall pays the dearest price. Oh yeah. The first guys that hit the beachhead at Normandy paid the most. Yeah, that's history, man. That's just that's, that's how the shit nature, goes. That's the nature of conflict. I mean, I, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not being. I swear, I'm not being flippant. I'm not being cavalier. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. It's just a fact. I mean, bottom line, you're a history major. You know this. Yeah. You know, and he was the perfect. To the left, he was the perfect person to take a knee. To the right, he was the perfect person to take a knee, because they could arrange their narratives around him. To the left, it was here you have a black quarterback adopted by a white family, blah, blah, blah. He's He went to a Super Bowl. He was a couple plays away from winning the Super Bowl, a couple plays from going back to a Super Bowl. They thought they had a bulletproof fucking icon. And the right came out and said, here you got a fucking black guy raised by white folks, adopted by white folks, who enjoyed all the white privilege that his white parents could give him, and now he's going to fucking blacken himself up and push his blackness with his afro and his kneeling. All them niggers are kneeling! You know, I mean... Dude, that Dave... You guys see the Dave Chappelle... We talked about the national anthem and his recent stand-up specials. We talked about he's like, if that's how I knew how I would, that's all I had to do to piss white people off. Motherfuckers <laughs> have been kneeling a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> we're just talking about like, oh shit. <laughs> but Why no, we seriously. gotta march. Let's just take a knee. Yeah. But seriously, man, I mean, it's in a way, I kind of feel for Colin Kaepernick because whether I agree with his his sentiment for why he did what he did he's being used by a lot of people and there's a lot of things being put on him that he never said that he never did that his taking a knee had nothing to do with because people are projecting onto him their beliefs and their values and it's he's either standing up to white supremacy systematic racism etc etc or he's disrespecting the troops and he's disrespecting the national flag and he just jerked off in your mom's apple pie so I, it, it it once again even when even when he brought up that even when we first brought up the subject to him bringing a collusion case against the nfl i think we all pretty much agreed that that's good luck bro you're gonna need it that's a long shot man because what look we know OJ killed those two people. We know Michael Jackson touched little boys' booty holes. We can't prove it in court. <laughs> All right, but that doesn't it doesn't change the fact that we know what the fuck happened. Because in court, it's it doesn't matter what you know; it matters what you can prove. I mean, at the level of wealth that the NFL owners are, those guys don't those guys don't turn on each other. You know, the lower no. the lower levels of wealth, those guys will turn on each other to acquire more wealth. That, that's what I'm saying. If this is a if this is trying to drive a wedge between Papa John and Uncle Jerry, 
this is a this is a this is a wasted fucking effort. Because I, I just want to be there when he when he gets deposed because I just want to hear him say they have better ingredients, they have a better team. No, he's no, he's Dallas gonna, Cowboys. He's gonna show up with pizza <laughs> to his deposition. Hey, uh, I brought pizza. Who's hungry? Well, I mean, another another factor is this case is going to cost somebody a whole lot of money when the winner or loser or it gets thrown out. And the the person who brought the case, if it gets thrown out, most likely the person who brought the case is going to get saddled with the legal bills. Jerry Jones and Papa John have fuck you money. Colin Kaepernick does not. Not anymore. He hasn't played in two years. Well, you know, hopefully his white family invested well for him. Either that or his 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 one named girlfriend who I can't remember her name because that's how much I give a shit about the bitch uh, hooked him up with a good financial advisor because if not I don't know I don't know I, to me the end game's muddy on this what is he expecting because I can't see this co- this case working out in his favor the money's not in the rims it's in the rim company Colin just remember that. Well, I mean, there was a collusion case brought up against the, you know, Major League Baseball, and they were found to have colluded against free agents. And it was years after Kurt Flood basically was was running point at the tip of the spear on that one. But it cost him his career. But ultimately, what did he get from it? I mean, if you're in that much of a hurry to crawl up on the cross and be a martyr, I guess it makes sense. But I, well, I don't know. Not not to switch gears here, but. Did we ever get into that story about baseball right now where they're talking about a, pro, a spring training protest because of the lack of uh, free agent activity in the yeah, offseason? Signing the free agents. Well, I was hoping we'd save that for when, when Todd comes on. And it looks ah. like it looks like maybe the, the, the – hold on here. I'll give an estimate here because I just talked to him about this. Maybe oh, in, do, you have, do you have a schedule? Are you secretary? Well, I was thinking maybe like, well, you know, pitchers and catchers just reported. So let's give it a couple weeks. And I was thinking the show we record on the 6th of uh, March, he could be on. Cool. And, I mean, as far as all the the free agency shit, yeah, just, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. He knows a lot more of the ins and outs and and, and shit than I do. I know know in very broad strokes what's going on. Um. And I do, mean, do the players have a beef from from the way sports teams are building, trying to build championship runs? Not really. This is money. It's basically money ball. Mm-hmm. It's basically money ball. You want to look at a team who who looked at the old model of how to win in a sport. Look at the Chicago Blackhawks. Now look at them. Look at them now compared to where they were. They're in salary cap hell, just like the Red Wings. And, you know, they got bounced around by the worst team in the league just a few nights ago. I mean, it was like 6-1. to one. I mean, it was bad. And that's what happens when you sign these, quote-unquote, big-name stars to these long-term contracts. It wasn't just baseball that took its cue from the whole you know, Bill James Moneyball metrics thing. All sports have done it, especially sports with a salary cap, you know, which is ironic because baseball really doesn't have one. It has a luxury tax, but no salary cap. <laughs> What's this man with that 
they're talking about strike again. And I'm like, man, baseball, do you really got another half a decade to waste for people to be interested again? Cause it, that's, <laughs> cause that's what it took, really. It took, it took that, it took McGuire and Sosa at the end of the nineties to get people to start coming back. Cause I mean, that's, for, uh, we talked about this. For me, that was, that was a pivotal point in my life. Like, I was a super baseball fan when I was a kid, and that strike happened. I was like 14 or 15. And by the time baseball came back, too late, Titty showed up. Wasn't interested. <laughs> Wasn't interested. Was more interested in trying to figure out what the inside of a vagina felt like with my dick. You know, like, but just too, it, it seemed like the country was kind of like, eh. Like, it took a minute for, for, you know, people to come back around again. So, I mean, you, I, I, will, you only roll that dice, MLB? Baseball is really goddamn popular right now. I mean, I'll, look, unquestionably, NFL is king, period. There's no, there's, there's no point in even talking about it. Baseball, I think, is, is far outpacing NBA and NHL and, I mean, and NASCAR, if you want to throw them in there. Hey. It's just the truth, man. <laughs> and I mean, baseball is not a regional sport. It's not a you know, hockey's a regional sport. NASCAR is a regional sport for the most part. Yes, it's it's gotten both have gotten bigger in popularity to where non traditional parts of the country will watch them. But a lot of that has to do with people relocating and shit. It's word of mouth that spreads it. I mean, you, you can go down to Atlanta and talk about the Atlanta Thrashers and see see how many people fucking perk up when you say that name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come up here and talk about uh, or the Atlanta uh, Motor Speedway. You know, come up here and start talking about you know what happened at Bristol, blah blah blah, and watch people's eyes glaze over. Unless you're catching the people who, you know, are you, hardcore car guys. Well, you, well, you go up north, are you in the Uper, the Upers? But yeah, no, around here, yeah, in the in in the city, the city folk downstate. No, they don't give a shit yeah. for the most part. Well, there's a lot of people that like MIS, though. No, but there, I, but but still, it's just it's nowhere it's, close to Comerica Park. You're right. It's a bad look for baseball because you got owners making money hand over fist. You have ratings that are going up. You have interest. You have teams that are have historically been the lovable losers. You know the Cubs. You know, the Red Sox, everybody's over the Red Sox, except for Red Sox Nation for the most part. But, I mean, you know. The Indians in the last, don't suck. The last 14 years, yeah. You know, fucking Kansas City won a goddamn fucking World Series. Went to two of them. You know, yeah. yeah baseball took a, is, is in the middle of taking a huge dive here in Detroit. But from 2006 until last season, you could still find the Tigers faithful out there going, we're going to do it this year. You ain't hearing that shit. Tigers Fest was selling tickets and then giving tickets away this year. They haven't done that in over a decade, guys. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, so, but still, there's there's interest there. For the players to strike, that's especially over not being signed, that's going to be an issue. And it let's be honest, in sports, the old model of free agency was because when you come into the league, I believe the league. This is why I really want Todd here because I'm pretty sure I'm I'm wrong on my numbers. But I think when you come into the league, the team that drafted you controls you for the first six years. 
And usually guys play out of their mind for the first six years, and then they go sign the big contract. Teams used to do whatever they could to hold on to those guys. Nowadays, not so much. Look, we got, we got you know, case in point, Rick Purcello. You know, look at look at what happened with him. You know, it, he was he was going to be you know him and Verlander. They were going to they were going to end their career as Tigers, and you know, not one, not two, not three. You know, Detroit lets him go. Yeah, he had a he had a Cy Young season, but what happened after that? Is he really worth the money he's paid? Max Scherzer is the exception that proves the rule these days. How many Anibal Sanchez was he worth the money that we paid him? Wah wah. I mean, it, it's, it, Verlander had a love-hate relationship with Detroit Tigers fans because unless it was the playoffs, most Tigers fans were like, get rid of him. His, his pri- he's past his prime. He's over the hill. And that, for a man who wants to base his career on the career of Nolan Ryan, he had to be like, well, then fuck it. You know what? I've always accepted I wasn't going to end my career as a Tiger. I'll go have a career renaissance someplace else. And he got traded, and a few months later, yeah. he won a World Series. Months, not years, months. Maybe even, maybe dare we say, weeks. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, what, beginning of September, was it, no, beginning of August, he went away. So, yeah, like, fucking... Ten, what, 10, 11 weeks? Yeah, not even three months later, yeah. Yeah, James Harrison tried that, and oops. Yeah, James Harrison still went to Super Bowl. <laughs> James Harrison went a lot fucking farther than uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. 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 James Harrison went to Minneapolis this year. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's baseball really can't afford to take that hit. But at the same time, what are the players? If they strike, what are they trying to prove that they're trying to force employers to hire them? I know, right? For more money than they're worth, they want to get paid based on past performance, not not current and future potential. They're like the fucking fifteen dollar an hour people. <laughs> but I mean, it'd be different if you had people that you hired in at minimum wage and earned your fucking and, and, and moved your company up and moved you as the owner of the company into fucking five tax brackets above where they you were when they started, and then you fucking cut them loose. And started the cycle over again with a bunch of people in minimum wage versus true. We need more money to live. I mean, that's you know, that's basically that. Okay, I understand. But what do you bring to the table? And I, and you guys know, ninety percent of the time, I fall on the side of labor when it comes to these disputes with these in sports because. People go, all oh, these contracts, these players are ridiculous. Well, if they're handing out $250 million contracts to players, how much money are the owners making off of them? You can times that by five at the least. Yeah, who signed? Somebody signed a ridiculous contract this last week. Baseball. Who? Oh, you Darvish. Did he sign? He signed like a ridiculous Chicago. deal. Yeah. And ex- exactly. And, I, you know, I was, <laughs> you know, Talking to Todd about it, and he said, "That's the exact. That's the exact example he pointed to." He said, "Chicago's paying him for past performance and hoping that it holds up." That's an article. Uh, I don't remember who it was, uh, but it basically, the Cubs blinked, and so Darvish got paid. You know, so I, I, 
baseball players, what they need to do is they need to understand, just like we have plenty of people in this country who used to make a very good living off of manufacturing jobs, that those that, that the model that they used to make that good of a living under is no longer economically viable. Well, too, they, there's also the other option of the owners who'd be like, oh, you're going to strike? There's a bunch of motherfuckers in Toledo who fucking would love your gig. You know what I'm saying? Okay, we'll just go to the miners. Fuck all y'all. Miners that too. Yeah, we'll just... Fine, great. We'll just bring up everybody. There's a bunch of people down in AAA that would... Fucking great. Hey, guess who's playing in the show? Everybody. Because these guys don't want to play because we won't pay them, you know? We won't buy them their summer house in Nantucket. Well, there is a little bit of breaking news in... Well, not a little bit. It's just breaking news in the hockey world. It was rumored right before we we, we all connected and started doing the pre-show talk. It's official now. Dion Phaneuf has gone to L.A. for Marion Gaborik. I saw that. And uh, apparently Nate Thompson went to L.A. also. Nick Shore went to uh, Ottawa. Um, But, you know, fuck it. It's 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 the slow part of the the sports season. I just got to make a confession here. I, I just have to give up the ghost. I don't give a fuck about the NHL until playoffs anymore. Like I've been really trying to hold on to like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm the hockey guy, you know, because I used to be. I used to be that guy. Any game I could watch, I'd watch. I, I just can't do it anymore. And it's not just the product on the ice. It's it's a lot of everything. You know, it's it's the 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 fan base. There's a, it's a, it's a whole new generation of fans that have come up that have no idea how the game is supposed to be played. They have no respect for the game that, that came before them. They have no respect for the players that played the game before them. And they're just like, well, this is the players that are closest to age as us. So these are the best players that have ever ever played. And it doesn't matter what stats you throw at them. It doesn't matter. What facts you throw at them? Oh, it's the it's the we talk about unregimented the the millennial mindset of history started when I was born. Pretty much, pretty much. And the NHL is happy to do it because they finally have what they set out to do when Bettman came into power, which was have a culture shift that they understood was going to take twenty to twenty five years. And it's 25 years this year since Bettman became commissioner of the NHL. And he has socially engineered the game to where he wants it. And he has convinced an entire generation of hockey fans that the inferior product they're watching is the best product that has, that's ever been offered by the league. You don't want that brutish, barbarian hockey from the 80s? It's a finesse game now. You know, but the irony is, is that these are also people who grew up especially here locally. You know, these are Red Wings fans who grew up, yes, they were watching the Russian Five. The Red Wings did play more of a European style of play. All right? But they also witnessed firsthand in the form, the formative years of their of their fanhood the rivalry between the Anal Munch and the Red Wings. They got to see it. And you can't fucking tell me there was one person sitting in their seat when McCarty beat the dog shit out of Claude Lemieux. Oh, rearranged his face. Not even at the bars surrounding Detroit. 
That's what I'm saying. That was must see television. Period. I mean that that is like that Bobby Thompson right now. That that is like the Bobby Thompson home run. You know the 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 lore around the Bobby Thompson home run is that. Uh, the stadium that he hit it in would hold 25,000 people. But by one week after he hit that home run, you know, the Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant home run. Half of New York City claimed to be there. That's how it was with that that game, that, that game in March in 1997 with the Red Wings and the Avalanche. And these are the same people that are now sitting here Going no no that, that that's boring hockey. It's more exciting now. It's, what this is this is what I hear all the time. It's faster. Whatever. So it so a faster shit product. It's just it's still a shit product. It's you just faster. Attention deficit having motherfucker. You lying motherfucker. That's what that is. But can you be shocked that the Adderall generation wants to watch a bunch of speedsters skate up and down the ice, never touching each other? No, basically doing their best to turn it into a fucking minimal contact sport. They, any, hit, any hit that happens, whether it's their team laying the hit or taking the hit, they want, well, give them a power play. Give them a five-minute major. Give them this. Give them that. That fucking, okay, yes, hey, look, it was a slash that Bertuzzi put on. I can't remember who he put it on. It looks five on two. Uh, the dude from uh, the Islanders. Islanders, right? yeah. Oh, my God. But a five-minute major, really? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Get, 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 uh, you're going to give them a major, and you're going to give them the gate, really? Basically, you're saying mm. score as many score as much as you want before, until the penalty runs out. Over that bullshit. I mean, it used to be you literally had to, pit, to, to, to flip your stick around, hold it like a baseball bat, and try to take the dude's head off for something like that to happen. Now these fucking pussies are out here, and... Embellishing everything, and don't get me wrong, there is dirty play all the time. Still, all the time, it's just the nature of the sport. You get into a scrum, there's not nice things going on in that scrum. They're not, they're not swapping crockpot recipes. But it's just, hey, Bill, what you doing this weekend? Nothing, Bob. If someone said, hey, what are you doing this weekend? He'd be like, your fucking wife, you piece of shit. Why don't you dust that pussy off every once in a while? Save me the hassle of doing it. Pound your teeth in. With the base of my dick, you know, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I can't see anybody who watched the the Avalanche Red Wings rivalry say that it's better today than it was then. I, dude, I talked to them. They are the fucking lion. Like the little hurt. kids, maybe that grew up and says, "Oh, it's better today." But people our age, no, no, no. People our age, no. These are people for the most part. They're in their late twenties to mid thirties. Oh no, that no, yeah, oh yeah. But see, but here's the thing: there's you still have no excuse. You're old enough to remember it, all right. You're old enough to remember it and to understand what you were watching. It's not like it happened when you're four or three years old and yeah, you have vague like you memories that, of it. But like you said, though, Rich, it, it's a different era for them because they they remember it, but they also went through a school and a school system that's like fighting is bad, okay. You can't bully people, okay? Hurting people's bad, okay? Everybody's yeah, but, special, okay? Yeah, but the problem is, it's all that turned out to be bullshit. Fighting <laughs> is fine if you if you no fighting is fine if you punch a fascist slash Nazi, and anyone that disagrees with you 
conveniently is a fascist and a Nazi. And and bullying is fine if it's politically correct bullying. If it's someone who goes, I'm a Christian and I don't agree with homosexual marriage, it's okay for the whole class to gang up and call that person a homophobe and ostracize him. It's okay. See, whereas before, it was, let's go play a game of smear the queer. Now, the pendulum swung far back and... As as Aaron on on, on regiment says all the time, the overcorrection now the has queer, taken over. Now the queer smears you, pretty much. <laughs> and I I can't I can't get down. I cannot I cannot care less about regular season hockey. And I, it sucks, man. Like I've tried, I've tried. I put I've tried watching games. I've tried listening to games. I've tried. You know, reading box scores. I've I I, I the beginning of this season. I read more hockey, or before this, before the season started, leading up to the season, I read more hockey news than I had since I had a uh, literally it was a paper in my hand, except for I was doing it online now. What Rich is saying is he's done what he's can to try to save the marriage. <laughs> I just I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't. When I have when I have your your younger hockey fans trying to tell me that the game where is more exciting today than during the Gretzky Lemieux I would, I Eisenman would, era. I would leave. I would leave that conversation. I'll pull Homer Simpson. I'll just stop talking and turn around. Like, well yeah, it's it's just walk out of the room. I, I just I don't know. I don't know. But hey, Seattle's getting a hockey team, huh? They officially yeah. today applied for uh whatever an expansion team well are they going to get an expansion team or are they going to get the coyotes no it's it's an expansion team it's the 32nd team in the league which by the way an, an amusing hockey story from that part of the country from this weekend i'm working and uh bunch of 20 somethings working and they have on what they call a classic rock station which so for us it sounds like rock radio did in high school but uh the fucking the that goddamn Blackhawk song comes on the radio. We all know. Do they still play it when they score? Do they still play that when the Blackhawks score? Is that still a thing? I have no idea. That's how little I've watched this season, man. I well, couldn't tell you. Well, just it's on, and I make a remark to the to the guy. Oh, hey, it's a it's a Blackhawks song. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's the Chicago Blackhawks. He's like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, the Chicago Blackhawks. The hockey team? He's like, oh, oh yeah. He's like, I'm, like they play this song when they score? Yeah, I, I might as well be speaking Spanish to this guy. <laughs> like, so, yeah, you know, putting the hockey team in that part of the country. I was in Portland. Oh, Chris Carter. Do you understand the words that are coming yeah. out of my mouth? Ice hockey. <laughs> NHL. Ori- it- original six team. Like <laughs> the, the irony of the irony of the Golden Knights is they're doing as well as they're doing. So the NHL has been able to use them as the example to hold up and say, "See, if you do it right, you can turn non-hockey fans into hockey fans." We have had multiple conversations about how that they are. That is that is not the normal outcome of an expansion team. Yeah, no, motherfucker. That's not how that works with expansion team generally. You, this is the one time out of a thousand. Well, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off because it's it's been that way in the past, but because of the era of the world we live in today, 
Anything's possible. I don't know how they did it. I really don't. Well, yeah, the guy who had to fire Brett Michaels is our president, so. <laughs> I, I don't know how the Golden Knights did it. I don't know, you know, the right people at the right place at the right time, I guess, to get the, the right players. If you're anybody, it, it, I mean, if you're into sports, maybe you host a small sports podcast. Available every Tuesday at ChristopherMedia.net. You're 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 looking you're 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 dissecting that organization. You're looking at who the who's you know who's the who's the GM who made all the draft picks. I mean, you you should. I mean, at least if, at least if you're an NHL team, like Jesus Christ, did we pass on this guy? You know, it's you are trying to you're trying to figure out how they caught that lightning in the bottle. I, I just uh, I don't know, man. I. You know, I, I just keep flashing back to, you know, the old timers when we were young would talk about hockey. And even they would go, yeah, we never had a Gretzky. You know, a once... Hockey, the NHL's been around for 100 years. It is safe to say Gretzky is... And, and maybe Lemieux, out of reti- players that have retired in that 100 years, Okay. I'll reserve judgment on the players still playing until they're retired. But in 100 years, that's, that is a once, maybe twice in a lifetime type player you see. What about Gordie Howe? Yeah, but Gordie Howe played forever. And Gordie Howe, he wasn't... <laughs> I, he's To me, he's the greatest all-around hockey player ever, period. Because he had something that Lemieux and Gretzky... And Yager never had. And that is, get in the corner and fuck with Gordie Howe, and Gordie Howe's going to let you. He's going to point to the, when Gordie Howe gets done with you, people can point to the ice and show you where the fight happened. Because your blood's all over it. Hey, Gretzky, remember the, Earl, remember watching one of the Rock'em, the Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em tapes? Yep. And it was it, the, Gret, the Gretzky fight, and he wouldn't even drop his gloves, and he was getting rocked, and McSorley was, was tied up by the linemen trying to get over there to defend him. Yep. Yeah, that would never have happened with Gordie Howe. Gordie Howe would have been like, oh, you want to go? Oh, we can do this. And But still, even then, they could go, okay, yes, the skill of the players is far beyond what it was back then. There wasn't guys lining up from the, you know, taking slap shots from the blue line like they started doing, you know, in the, in the late 70s, 80s, 90s, etc. When Gordie Howe was, you know, first playing in the 40s, 50s, you know, maybe, well, maybe some some of the '60s you started seeing it because you had, but even then, you a guy like Bobby Orr is not. He wasn't a defensive defenseman. Bobby Orr was like a fucking forward playing defense. I mean, he'd pinch in and make plays. Once again, we're talking very rare air players. What do we have now? A bunch of guys who skate fast who don't even get half the point totals. Of their of the players who played 20, 30 years ago, and the, the NHL is going to go, but it's a better product, it's more exciting. Why? Because they skate fast. Because there's no contact. Give me straight open ice. I can get some pretty good speed going. Because the goalies they, can't stop a Mack truck. <laughs> I mean, it, it's <sighs> when back in the day, a, a five to six game was like holy shit. What was that? Triple overtime? How the hell did that happen? Unless certain teams are playing, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, and now it's every day. Now, if it's like one to two or two to three, you're like, the fuck. I I, I went onto a a hockey page on Facebook, 
and there was a bunch of people basically talking about, oh, all you old timers, aka anyone over 35, you need to shut the fuck up. No one wants to hear about Gretzky. No one wants to hear about Lemieux. They weren't that good anyways. Well, this is literally what was being said. And so, shut up, my adults be- are talking. Against my better judgment, I decided to pull a Chris. Just to give them the raw stats. And I said, here are the here are the numbers for last season as far as league leaders. Here are the numbers from 30 years ago as far as league leaders. Here are the numbers from 20 years ago as far as league leaders. Do you see these point totals aren't even close to the point totals back then? What is the difference in the game? Because according to you, back then, you could clutch, you could grab, you could interfere. The game was watered down with goons who couldn't play. Despite the fact that you had guys like Jeff Bukaboom, Scott Stevens, Bob Probert making fucking all-star teams, you know, but but that's not that's that's not what they've been brainwashed to believe about the history of hockey by the Bettman bunch. It's been no, these guys are bad. You can't waste a spot on your roster for a guy who's only gonna play seven minutes a game and whose job is to go out there and make sure no one fucks with your star. Well, what happens when you have one or two guys on a team to make sure your star players have the room to make plays. You get 160-point seasons, 140-point seasons. The proof is in the fucking pudding. And admittedly, the game was much more clutching and grabbing. You You could hit damn near anybody. If they even looked at the puck, they were fair game. Now, if they're not receiving or passing the puck, you better not even come close to them because it's interference. So they've opened the game up. Why hasn't scoring gone through the roof? Are you going to tell me these are the best goalies we've ever seen in the history of hockey? Because I I can point to a bunch who will prove you wrong if that's what you believe. So what is it then? What is it? What's different? Oh, it's a fast game. Fastest game on earth. Fastest game on ice. That's what they remember when they were pimping that shit for a minute. That was their slogan. NHL, the fastest game on ice. It's the only game on ice. I was just about to say, it's the only. What, curling? Curling? (laughs) (laughs) So, I I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm sitting here talking about a friend who drank himself to death. (laughs) Or overdosed, you know, at at like 32 and died. That's what I honestly, because I'm just like, it's it's a fucking waste, man. It's a waste. And Wake you in April? Pretty much. And it sucks because I used to hate, hate the playoff hockey fans. Because it's like, how could you not be into this sport? You know, if there's a fight in the playoffs, you're all excited. If there's a lot of heavy checking and hitting in the playoffs, you get all excited. All that shit happens during the regular season. Now, it doesn't. So what are the stakes? Well, stakes don't really get raised till it's fucking do or die time in the playoffs. And yeah, the NHL playoffs, even though they've they've restructured how they seed them, which is absolute bullshit in my opinion, but whatever. I don't want to get into that. That's a fucking hour conversation I can have by myself. It's still 16 fucking teams out of 31 show up. And the one thing I will give it is that if they wanted parity in the league, that's the one thing they've accomplished. Just like the NFL. If the NFL wanted parity in the league, that's the one thing they accomplished. But what happened? What do we see in the regular season of the NFL? A bunch of games no one really gives a shit about. How many times when we were doing picks were we like, oh, God, yawn? But yet when the playoffs came, there were some fucking great games this year in the playoffs. Hell yeah, there were. You're killing your regular season 
hoping that people will still stick around to watch the playoffs. Everybody's going to watch the Super Bowl, even if they don't fucking like football. Chances are they're going to be someplace where the game's on. Okay, so you got asses in the seats. You know, you got a halftime show. You got commercials for people who really don't give a shit about the game. Whatever. But is that really, is that, is that expanding your sport? I mean, the, the, NHL, the NHL All-Star game came and went. And all people were talking about is the, is the, the John Scott NHL hockey game, or NHL All-Star game. The one a few years ago where they carried him off on their fucking shoulders after the league basically fucking screwed him out of a career. Because how dare a goon be popular. And what did he do? He just went in and dominated. So that's going to tell you something right there. Even the players know in their heart of hearts who the fucking guys who put asses in the seats and keep people coming back are. But you know, if I'm, I understand they don't speak up. I understand that you're probably going to have a lot of guys who are right now nearing retirement when they finally do retire and they get a few years out and they've settled into whatever life they've they've settled into, if they're not involved with the NHL, you're going to start hearing, I guarantee a lot of guys speak up and go, yeah, it was a pretty bad period. It sucked. They killed off an entire portion of the game. I mean, imagine if we're sitting here in 10 years talking about how there's no more kick return or punt return in football, and they're doing their best to get rid of it as is. But, I mean, that's a whole element of the game. If they just removed it and made no bones about it and said that's what they're going to do instead of pussyfoot around like the NFL does. Now, if the NFL just said, fuck it, we're just going to, you you go for four downs and then it's turnover, whatever. We can't have these injuries on these special teams anymore. It would suck. You just took a whole element out of the game. That's what the NHL's done. And all I'm saying is, where's where's the excitement? Where's the... Where's, where, the playoffs, exactly. Hey, you know, it took took you till almost it took you till past the All Star break to really tee off on the NHL this year. It's because I don't care anymore. I'm, the, you know what I am. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the fucking, I'm the guy in a relationship who's tried and tried and tried, and eventually I just give up. I said you've done what you did to keep this marriage together. Some two people have to try, not just one person. No, I. I okay, Red Wings. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Once again, I'm, I'm not going to have a rooting interest as far as my my team in the playoffs this year. They're, That's fine. They're solidly 500. They're 23 and 23. With, I am with nine am, overtime losses. I am more interested in. Yeah, I want to see how far the Golden Knights go, because the bitch of it is, is that if the Golden Knights go and win the cup, they shat all on the face of what the NHL is trying to do. Because every fucking player almost, except for Flurry, who you could say that the Penguins said, fuck it, he's over the hill. Oh, he would, oh, he would, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, over the hill, huh? Win you a cup and then you fucking ship me out? Eat a dick. Except for Flurry, basically, all those teams that, that left those players unprotected, they were third and what used to be fourth line guys. And now you have a team full of those guys and they're dominating. So I would say chip on the shoulder had something to do with it. Exactly. But also, doesn't it prove that those guys that the NHL says really don't need in the league anymore? They're marginal NHL players at best. <laughs> you got your margin. When you, when you when you when you give them a coach who knows who and trust me. I remember Gerard Gallant as a player. He knows how to play the game. 
All right. And that fucker was old school. All right. And he fucking guides that team to play that way. What do you get? You get a team that's fucking that's the hottest team in the league right now. So, yeah, I kind of want to see the fucking Golden Knights go deep. And fuck it. If they get to the finals, win the cup. Win the whole fucking thing. And, and, and blow up all these bullshit preconceived notions that the NHL has implanted in all, in all these young fans' heads about, well, if you don't have three lines of star players, no, 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 everybody's got to have star players, star this, everybody's got to have speedsters, you can't have grinders out there. Guys, it's not just the goons anymore. Goon, look, the, the role of goon slash enforcer is all but dead. Now it's the time for guys like the Draper-type guys. The, the the Adam Deadmarsh type guys, you know, uh, the Kurt Maltby type guys, the Scott Stevens type guys. Now they're on the chopping block. Literally, 10 years from now, it's going to be fucking ice skating with fucking sticks and a puck. Like figure skating. Like the Olympics. Yep. Speaking of not caring, oh man, do I not care about the Olympics? Hey, before we jump into that, how about uh, Mike and Jamel? Touch on that. A little bit more social justice in the show. Yeah, how about him? I sent you that article today. Like the, the, My whole take on it, I told you in the chat, man. M- Mike, that it, it ain't your show, Holmes. It ain't your network. He's talking, talking like it's your show. It's your well, First of all, let's do something. Let's let's get let's establish a few things. Yeah, this is a Yahoo Sports article. Yeah, and I know Yahoo Sports kind of gets laughed at in certain circles, but you got to remember the the last time the U got burned, Yahoo Sports was at the forefront of that article. They're the ones that did the fucking investigative reporting. It's pretty. I mean, as just a little side note, it's pretty ironic that there's better investigative reporting in sports these days than there is in the actual news media, but okay. Uh, so they put the article out because you knew damn well it wasn't coming from ESPN. ESPN will never air its dirty laundry like this. It's true. I'm, st- I'm ranting on something with no context. So, yes, continue, Rich. So, yeah, so, you know, Michael Smith, he's still a sports center host for now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah pretty much for now. You know, and he's pissed off because he feels that ESPN altered him and Jamel Hill's The Six Sports Center show. And, you know, the example he gives is that the reason they, they paired him up and gave him the, the, the prime slot, the you know, the flagship spot, was because of the chemistry between them. And then when they started getting, see, and once again, they forgot they were sports journalists and they thought they were crusaders. And ESPN didn't hire them to be crusaders. If you want to change the course of history, you're not going to do it from ES from the ESPN six o'clock Sports Center desk. Mm-hmm. And, and and funny, real quick here, uh, you said he said ESPN broke it up. Felt that he he felt that ESPN altered it because there's an article, uh, Jamel Hill uh, from. Uh, USA Today, dated February 4th. She says, uh, for, she spoke to For the Win and said, uh, it was 100% my choice for her to leave uh, Sports Center. So, who do we believe here? 
Well, in, 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 what Michael Smith is saying, Smith's basically saying that ESPN liked the chemistry and the banter back and forth between him and Jamel Hill. They gave him the flagship spot. When they gave him the flagship spot, they started going off a script. As Earl has pointed out constantly since they took over that 6 o'clock spot, it was less about sports highlights, stats, and sports stories, and more about opinions on the culture surrounding sports. And there was the backlash. Because you have a lot of people who, right or wrong, they don't want their sports served. They don't, excuse me, they don't want their politics served with a side of sports. Yeah, they're called dudes. Like, we have all said it, man. When I'm looking, when I'm checking on the sports page, I'm looking for information. I'm looking for fucking opinions. Who won the game? Who threw the most touchdowns? Who scored the most points? Like, you know, I, I I get where they wanted to be, but they should have stayed Mike and Jamel. They should they had their own show. They should have stayed there. You you could give all the culture and the blackness and your opinions on it and everything on your show called Mike and Jamel. But when you come to Sports Center, I want replays. I want live shots. I want total scores. I want facts about who hit what, when, and where, and how. I I don't care what race they were. I don't care what you think they they should have played and didn't because they're black. I don't care about that shit. I want an information aggregator. This is what I want. Great, great, great hosts of SportsCenter and newscasters on SportsCenter were able to do it and did it in a way that made them so famous. Just made it more exciting to give you the news. Boomer would come out. He could go all the way. You know, all of that shit. You know. Booyah! You know, all of that. Or SVP doing overnights. He'll give you his opinion. He gives you the plays. Right. These, the bad beats and all of this. He still has gimmicks and things that make it exciting to watch and fun to watch, but you still get your sports handed to you. The news is on one channel. Sports is on another channel. That's it. Well, you know, Michael Smith appeared on James Andrew Miller's podcast, and this is the, the direct quote that they quoted him in the article. There was a time when we weren't even talking to each other on air anymore, Smith said. Like, no more Michael and Jamil, not less, not here, not there. No more Michael and Jamil talking, no more of their commentary. It's just strictly live shots and analysis. That's what pissed me off so much. I'm like, so wait a second. You all acknowledge that one of the strengths we have going for us as a show is that Michael and Jamel's chemistry. Michael and Jamel don't fucking talk to each other? How does that make sense? Or, well, doesn't doesn't expletive talk to each other? How does that make sense? Because, in my opinion, Michael and Jamel got too big for their britches. Wow. <laughs> I, know, I, know I, I know that really sounded old. But I mean, that's really what happened is you got, like, it, it's it's the symptom that, Rich, I'm sure you deal with it all the time in the industry we both work in. We've dealt with this attitude a lot. Uh, ESPN was around before you. Uh, they will be around after you. You know, if Mike and Jamel get hit by a bus on their way to Sports Center, Sports Center's going to keep on moving. Yeah, Stuart Scott's dead, 
And I'm going to tell you what, that was the reason for me to turn in the, tune in the Sports Center a lot of times when he was on in the 90s and Absolutely. the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Booyah! You know, I mean, I, it, look, the, the, the rotation in and out of, of sports talking heads of, of the anchors, you, you just, it's something you learn to accept. Mm-hmm. All right. These guys rotated themselves out. Yeah, they took much. themselves out of the rotation. They got wrapped up in the Twitter, the Twitter sphere, thinking that's the real world. That the echo chamber that they move in online is how everybody who watches them feels. And the reality of it is, is that we know this, everyone listening knows this, and we three know this, right now is the most divided this country's been in all of our lives. You cannot not take a position on any subject. If you say, I understand where both sides are coming from about anything, both sides, will att- both extremes from the left and right will attack you. If you refuse to say anything, you're assigned a side. You're assumed to be the enemy. Because only the enemy would refuse to speak up in the face of such injustice. And both sides feel like they're the biggest victims on the planet. See, this isn't just the left playing the victim anymore. This is the right playing the victim. And there's a lot of that shit going on. The problem is, you want to discuss that, then Michael, Jamel, you know what you do? You get yourself a podcast. You, you, you sign whatever contract you have to sign that says when you're at ESPN, you're about sports. You want to go comment about fucking about social issues and how they relate to sports? Save it for your podcast. Get yourself an, an article, right? I mean, the, the very fact that shows like the sports writers is no longer on ESPN and it's all shows that's either let's have people argue and yell over each other or Sports Center. And for a minute there, the very, you know, slanted to one side politically Sports Center. It, 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 <laughs> This is my problem. He's looking at the failure of them together at, on the 6 o'clock spot as not their failure, as everybody else's failure. See, this is, the, this is the new shit that we're being told by people these days. That, And it very well may be true. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. All right? But the shit we're being told these days is that history will prove that they were on the right side. History will look back favorably upon them. That very well may be true. Because at one point, most of the people in this country despised Muhammad Ali. Now he's revered as a national hero. When that man died, you'd have thought a fucking former president died. All right? But at one point, a lot of these people in this country hated him. So they very well could be right. But they ain't right right now. And right now is what ESPN cares about. And like you said, Chris, they got too big for their britches and they got to feeling themselves a little too much. It, it, and it's, I mean, on, on both parts, the, the, everybody's wrong here, in my opinion. Mike and Jamel had a show. They could do Mike and Jamel, go back and forth, do that banter, get that connection, draw their audience, what, whoever their audience is. And it's somewhere in there they could talk about sports. And that's what they did. That was the Mike and Jamel show. But ESPN said, ooh, ooh, they're getting a huge following. Put them in prime time. And when that happened, 
and inflated their fucking egos. That's right. We're the shit. Now watch us take it prime time. <laughs> and the backlash of everything Jamel Hill was doing in, in the social media, they were like, oh, shit, made a mistake. Yeah, let's get them out of here. Well, yeah, in the end, she threatened a gravy train. You don't do that. You know, right? Mickey Mouse feeds on cash. All right, he needs daily cash infusions. All right, <laughs> bad mouthing someone who drops millions into your operation every year. You know, that ain't gonna keep Mickey Mouse alive. Well, what the the problem is is that with this particular story is that because we have such a short attention span, and apparently the whole country has early onset Alzheimer's, we forget. That both Michael Smith and Jamel Hill have been given and are still being given fucking a six lane highway worth of leeway compared to someone like Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling got a warning that was not private. It was basically an open letter to the public and him about what he tweets. He didn't stop. In fact, he doubled down on it. And they showed him the door. Jamel Hill went out and attacked sponsors of ESPN and the NFL, and in particular the Dallas Cowboys, to send a message to Jerry Jones. And the President of the United States. (laughs) They suspended her. And let's make sure we got a correct narrative going here. She does still work for them. They, uh, they, They moved her into a blog. Like she's still actually, ESPN is still giving her money. But she's now writing for a blog that's more uh, socially uh, oriented. Like it has to, it has to do with like uh, black culture. What'd you What'd you say, Robot Man? You broke up, bud. I said they, I said they kicked her out of prime time. Yes. They, yeah, they took her off. She yeah, she got she got called up to the show. And she fucked up, and she got sent back down to the miners, in a sense. I was, I was watching Around the Horn. She was one of the four people. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. Damn. Oh, ouch. 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 Sports Center anchor to guest on Around the Horn. Oof. That's, Around the Horn's like the state fair at ESPN. If you're on Around the Horn, you're either on your way up or on your way down. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, moved her, they moved her to the undefeated. Which, like you said, is is like a a, a blog that it covers more of what seems to be. And it, okay, wait a minute. She says she asked to be moved to the undefeated. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt because, from what I've read of that blog, it seems to be a blog that, that basically focuses more on sports culture and social issues. So, if that's where she wants to focus her attention, that is a better place for her to be. But the sour grapes of Michael Smith, you know, saying that, oh, ESPN panicked, didn't know how to handle, you know, me and Jamel, so they muted us. That's a man not interested in employment much longer. Well, the beauty of it is he even admits, he said, it, to quote the article, Smith later explained that, him and, that he and Hill knew there would be a pushback to the way they wanted to do things, but said the two did not fight, meaning fight against ESPN. They backed down, and ESPN got what they wanted. That's a direct quote from Smith, which was Michael and Jamil being muted. It frustrated the shit out of us, or expletive out of us, whatever he said. Okay, well, how are you going to take a victory lap if you back down? See, once again, you want to be the Rosa Parks. 
you want to be the Muhammad Ali, but you don't want to be you don't want to be arrested and you don't want to be stripped of your fucking heavyweight title. You want to be able to do it and have everyone love you constantly. That's not the way this works. Quite literally, have your cake and eat it too. Yes. That's not the way this works. Nobody who's going to ruffle feathers is going to be universally loved while ruffling feathers. Period. Martyrs generally lose something. Jobs, lives. Careers. Yeah. I I mean, that's all there is to it. Freedoms. I, I... this is, this is, I, God damn, I hate to say it because they're both old enough to know better. I think they're both older than me even. And I'm the oldest one on the show. No, Jamel so, Hill, she's younger. She's in, a, she's, I think she's in like her late 20s. She's 42, dude. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she's born in 75 here in Detroit. Black don't crack. What and the like, fuck? Racist. No, but it can crease. <laughs> we discovered that on a, an unregimented one night. That's true. <laughs> but no, I think Michael Smith, I, I don't know. I don't know. Here, hold on. Because I, I want to make sure I'm being correct on his age. I believe, okay, he's 38. I'm sorry. So basically him and I are right. chewing some of the same dirt. Yeah. She's a little bit older than me. Still, the point stands. They fucking know better. All right? You're not. Come on, guys. If, you know, everything you hear, and I'm not doubting that this is true, I'm just pointing the facts out from their mouth, their collective mouth, to our ears. Everything you hear about being a black journalist in sports or in news is that you have to work five times as hard as the white guy next to you. If you're a woman and you're black, it's doubly so. You have to fight and claw for everything you get. So you know that. You got where you're at. You got that 6 o'clock flagship sports center spot due to your fucking hard work. Yet once you get there, you let this entitlement mentality set in of, I should be able to do what I want and everybody should be cool with it. That's not how the, the, that's not how the world works. And that is a mental illness to look at things and not see what they are, but to see what you wish they were. ESPN you know is not... Out. ESPN is not Make-A-Wish Foundation, and neither of them are little kids with terminal illnesses. Everything's not going to go their way. What, what I can't figure out for the life of me, seriously, is, is I, okay, with like Kaepernick, he, he wasn't doing what Mike and Jamel were, were doing. He was protesting for something outside of sports. Mike and Jamel are talking about, you know, the racism and everything in, you know, in sports, in the world of sports, I, for the life of me, I can't figure it out. Four major sports here in America, hockey, baseball, football, basketball. The majority of the athletes in these sports are African-American or black. Well, base, or, uh, uh, basketball and football, yeah. Uh, baseball's been... Not, and I'm just pointing out just just so we got the the, the you know a semi factual record of it. Baseball has a lot of Latino players in it. I think they're more no, dominated no, no, by Latino players that. than black. And yeah, you know for the most part, hockey's still dominated by white white people from North America. But my point is, if you take all four leagues, okay, all the people on every roster, put them all together, it's going to be black-dominated. The majority of the players on that list is going to be black. 
yes, you have whites and Latinos and, and everything else, but the majority of athletes in this country are black in pro sports. But see, what you're not do what you're doing is you're looking at it from a poor white person's point of view. And I don't mean that oh. to be I don't mean that to no no, I, let me explain myself, but I just want to clarify. I'm guilty of the same thing. All right. We both know what you got to do to the peanut butter when you open the can on it. By the way, I use that line at work, and I got to see a dumbfounded faces from the millennials I work with going peanut butter. It. So we're trying to pick up a train of thought that we were talking about something five oh, minutes I'll make, ago. So oh, I'll make it sound smooth. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> well, anyways, what I meant by saying you're looking at it from a poor white person point of view is you're looking at it from point of view of a kid who grew up poor would be more than happy to make the money that the players are making now. And then set yourself up for the rest of your life. They're looking at it from the point of view of, well, what does it matter? Where's all the black owners? Where's the black executives? Where's this? You know, most most black athletes are broke five years after they get out of they get out of the sport. Oh, See, it's a it's a it's it's a from what point of view they're looking at these situations here, and that's that is something that you can't force someone to see your point of view. You can explain it and hope they understand where you're coming from. The problem is is that they don't want any discussion about their point of view. The point of view is, if the league is this black, then there's to be this many black head coaches, this many black executives, and this many black owners. Yep. The problem with playing the numbers game is numbers breed numbers. And if you want to get right down to it, black people are 12% of the U.S. population. Okay, so if, if, if the, the number of owners and executives need to be proportionate to the number of black people in this country, then we have 12% of ownership and 12% of, of, of executive jobs set aside for you. Let the best amongst you win. So 3.84 guys get to own, black guys get to own an NFL team. And, and when you point out things that like, look, there are players who go broke six months after they get their last fucking professional sports you know, they're checked for playing professionally. There's also players who set their themselves and their family and their children and their children's children up for life when they get their last check. Now, what is the difference there? They're going to tell you it once because the environment they grew up in and the people surrounding them, they weren't getting good advice. What's the difference between someone, just to, just to throw it out there, what's the difference between someone like, let's say, Sean Puffy Combs an MC Hammer, because I got it's a real simple answer. Uh, better decisions, a better business advisor, and being able to say no. Exploiting the death of your dead friend. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, we can make jokes about it, but the but the 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 fact, the hard and fast fact remains: Puffy's a better businessman. That's how come he's he's talking about. I would like to buy an NFL franchise. See, that's, that's the thing. You can't come at them with, well, most of the players are black, so how can there be all this racism? Because they're going to say, what about the front offices and the owners? Because yeah, it, it, they, they look at it, and it's never enough. It, and see, that's just it. And it's see, never enough. And see, it's because they want a complete shift of culture. And whether I agree or disagree with that, from the 6 o'clock sports center, center desk is not the place to try to fucking launch that. No. And then to get angry when reality proves that to you and to act as if you've been 
you know, somehow betrayed, that's that's petty and it's childish, and you need to grow the fuck up. Right? I go to work, and and what happens behind the wall where there's no customers, and how I talk and act is not the way I act on the other side of that wall with a customer. Because if I did, I wouldn't work there anymore. And if I did and insisted on acting that way, and then walked around when I got fired, pointing the finger at everybody else, I'm surrounded by people who would say, you need to take that judgmental finger and point it back at yourself. Because you're the one who fucked that up. And by the way, get the fuck out of my store. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> I've been saying it since we started podcasting together four years ago, man. Uh, fuck. Yeah, I've been saying it so much that I forgot it. No, um, uh, uh, accountability is a dirty word nowadays. It ain't your fault now. It's, it's everybody. It's something else's fault. It's everybody else's fault. Something else externally caused me not to succeed. And don't get me wrong. Couldn't possibly be me. Don't get me wrong. I do believe in certain parts of sports, there are certain groups of owners, executives who go, I don't want Puffy owning a fucking franchise. I don't want to deal with, with, with Master P as a fucking general manager of a football team. Tough shit, bitch. We're here. We got money. Okay. But once again, guys like Al Davis have pointed and proven that if you truly do not give a fuck and you truly want something, and you viciously and ruthlessly go after it. You can bend people's will and get what you want. The way to do that is not to paint the people you're trying to get to support you as the bad guys. It's not to piss off half of the people watching your fucking show. And then get mad when ESPN reacts accordingly. But once again, like Chris said, this makes me an asshole for saying this. And this was something that growing up, it was a given that we all knew this. I couldn't stick my hand in the cookie jar and take cookies. And then when I got caught, go, oh, well, it's institutional racism and the patriarchy and white privilege that made me steal those cookies. If you'd have just given me those cookies, I wouldn't have had to steal them behind your back. Now, would I? That's the type of mentality a person who constantly cheats on their spouse has. That's the person who gets caught cheating and then blames you for catching them. See, why didn't you trust me? Why were you snooping around? See how they deflected that? It's no longer about them cheating. It's about you. How dare you catch them doing what they want to do and making a fool of you? What's wrong with you? And that is a narcissistic sociopath. And are you really shocked that an industry that pays people way more than their fucking worth to sit and read a teleprompter breeds that type of mentality negative uh, i'm not it, it, it's no it's not shy. it pisses me off i really don't like people like that i just don't i i'm not racist i i'm the furthest thing actually from racism it, it, it i'm a dirty filthy racist there i said it now now what now tell these people something they don't know i learned my lesson i watched eight mile which is society's <laughs> fault because I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't I'm sorry. It was a it was a joke and maybe a poorly timed one, but No, no. I, I just it Which uh, is society's fault. What the fuck is happening? I didn't make that I didn't hit nothing. Homer I, decided uh, he, he needed to have his say again. I know, right? 
I, I just, I, I hate when people do that. They, they say, you know, you have all this white privilege that black people are oppressed. And, well, why are black people oppressed if the majority of black athletes are black? Or American athletes are black? Why? How are they oppressed? Well, because we don't own the team. So that makes you oppressed how? So why don't you know? You know what my problem why is. Don't, why don't know? Why don't a lot of wealthy black people get together, pool their money, and start buying teams? Here, here's here's my problem. I have a bachelor's degree in history. That is my problem. I have read stories that would make people go, "Oh God!" and like throw up in a trash can about how black people were oppressed in this country. There is not a soul on this fucking planet in this fucking country that has ever been oppressed the way they were back then. Yeah, but dude, and, once and again... And didn't have a legal matter afterwards. Once again, it's, this, it's, it's the flip side of the same coin when I go, show me right now what rights person A has that you as person B don't. And the first words out of their mouth is, well, historically, I'm not... <laughs> talking about history i'm talking about now right now this moment and that's the that's the problem with what you're saying not that it's wrong but you can't try to point to it's like trying to explain to people who didn't live through 9-11 just how much that impacted the entire fucking country yeah, all at once it, it didn't matter who you were what color you were Everybody was red, white, and blue that day. Well, we were all watching the same shit, man. Everyone was watching the same show. Yeah. Everybody stopped and went, holy shit, all yeah. at the same time. The, no Super Bowl, no moon landing, no Kennedy being assassinated has had that many people in the U.S. watching the exact same incident at the exact same time having the exact same thoughts. It yeah, just, for, for one point in our history, we were all just fucking American. Shit. One of the best jokes I've ever heard about it was Eddie Griffin. He said, for two weeks, I wasn't black. I was American. I got my credit rating up. I went and <laughs> bought a car. I got my house. <laughs> I lowered my child support. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. Real talk, though. <laughs> He's like, and then about three weeks after 9-11... I'm a Negro again, so <laughs> I was like, I got yeah. my shit. <laughs> Real talk, though. But that I guess that's my problem, and it, it'll remain my problem. And I just, I, I walk out on conversations like that, because it, it's, it's a moot point. You, you can't tell me you're oppressed and racism. And Yes, people are racist. They're going to be racist till the end of fucking time. There's just people that's going to happen, happen to be that. It's just what they are. But if to say anyone, you're oppressed and mistreated and held down and if anyone know. if anyone is, tells you or ever says these words to you that they want to eradicate racism, you know right there you're dealing with someone who doesn't deal in reality because yeah, I, I, my initial response would be good luck with that. Racism can be internalized and never verbalized, and you could think that person loves you and that person can hate your guts because of this color of your skin. There's an old Chris Rock joke. White people, when you go to work, we all know old Willie, the old black man, who's always nice to you and got a joke for you. Here's the truth. Willie hates your guts. <laughs> yeah. 
Willie was at those lunch counters. Willie was having fucking German shepherds sicked on him. Willie was having hoses turned on him. He hates the fucking air you breathe, but you'll never know it. That is racism, and that can never be eradicated. So you're not dealing with someone who's dealing in reality. They're dealing with a world with which they wish it would be. I wish I had a fucking 12-inch dick that's about as big around as a 200-year-old Redwood and Jennifer Conley on speed dial. But I don't. And all the crying and protesting and Twitter outrage ain't going to change any of that. It's good to have goals. (laughs) I wish I could snowboard. Really? That's where you... I mean, Rich went. Rich went for the gusto. You went for. You wish you could snowball. Well, all right, never mind. I see what you're doing. A little high. <laughs> I was like, it's, called a, it's called a segue, kids. Wait, wait, wait a shit on a segue. Yeah, I know, right? Listen, Dick. <laughs> yes, I want to snowboard. I want to win three gold medals, just like Sean White has. Good for him. The angry yeah. tomato. Yeah, it's we're in the Olympic talk now. It pretty much be Iceman talking to Iceman trying to bounce the Olympics off of and me and Rich. You know what though? To, to pair it up with the racist talk. Oh, Why is it this fucking all that this, white snow everywhere? No, the, the fucking uh, the, the half pipe. Seriously, half pipe snowboard. What? They added that from the X Games to the fucking Olympics. Nobody else in the world but Americans fucking sno- snowboard in a half pipe. Oh, so it's just Americans setting themselves up for a goal? Yeah, just trying to pump ourselves up and win. Dude, but that's not true. No, it is true. Dude, you got a lot of skaters who snowboard, and some of the best skaters in the world come from places like Brazil and South America. And that's no bullshit. Those guys are pushing the boundaries because they have to to get noticed. The, the, the days of Tony Hawk doing a 900 and that being the ooh moment are long gone, dude. That's been 20 plus years ago. All right. I mean, it's you have a whole generation who came up with this shit all around the world. What I think is ironic is that they added these extreme sports to the Olympics after all fucking this hemming and hawing from the old fucking guard saying, we don't want that X game shit in our Olympics. And yet, here it is, no one hardly gives a shit about it. Yeah. You understand, you're the, you're the first person who's brought up anything about the, the, the snowboarding half-pipe competition. I mean, and, my and, phone sends me shit all day, I don't care. But what I'm saying is, when, even when I talk to people about the Olympics, people who are right in the age, supposed age demographic to be into that particular competition, they don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I I got nothing on that, man. I can't. Why are the Olympics still around? I I think that's the bigger conversation that needs to happen. There's a it's, lot of conversation about that. I mean, it's what is the point? First of all, the Olympic, the International Olympic Committee preys upon the hopes of host cities. They have to build everything new, and then once they're used for the Olympics, they turn into fucking ghost towns after billions of dollars have been poured into them, and they're never to be reused again, even if the Olympics come back to that fucking city. I mean, one of the best ideas I heard is, why not just have a a, a set 
place for the Summer Olympics and a set place for the Winter Olympics. An Olympic city? Yes. You have four years between summer and then four years between winter. And yes, now they, they rotate them to where or they have them to where they're, they're instead of every four years together, they're every two years. You can upgrade in four years what you need to upgrade to the Olympics, to the International Olympic City. You can do that, no problem. All right. It would make things a lot easier. It would not promote this predatory fucking, here, give us everything we want to the Olympic Committee to come in and cities destroy their infrastructure for how many ever years just to have something for two weeks and then it just sits empty. I mean, it, hey, it, it makes for good room porn articles on Facebook every couple of years. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's a lot more profitable to do it this way. Well, yeah, because you get bribes left and right from cities trying to land you. That's half the income. And, and what? And one of the, the 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 best ironic parts in all of this is that how corrupt exactly with the bribes to get you know to get a bid to host the Olympics and how corrupt the people at the top who make the lion's share of money are at the Olympics versus how much of a pauper and poor they demand their athletes live. Like, I didn't know this. If you, you can't use certain words in an endorsement, even if it's an Olympic-approved endorsement. Whereas even when we were kids, you could. Like, okay, just... You know, back in the day, by the way, kids, back in the day, he was Bruce Jenner, not Caitlyn. Bruce Jenner could be on a Wheaties box holding all his gold medals, and he could say, you know, 1976 Olympic gold medalist or whatever the fuck. You can't do that these days, because the Olympics will sue the fucking, the athlete. Athletes basically have to live hand to mouth and hope to cash in every four years. That's one of the things going on behind the scenes with, who's the guy who wanted to carry the flag and they wouldn't let him? Some dude. <laughs> well, yeah, but, yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hold on, I'll look him up. He was a speed well, skater. I know that yeah, much. Yeah, you know. Um, no, no, no. Um, you know, of course, he. Well, he's black, so of course it turned into well, it's because he wanted to carry it because it's black. He's black, and it's Black History Month, and and then people were like, well, that's not a good enough reason just to fucking have him carry it because it's Black History Month. Shut Olympics, Olympics always happen during Black History Month. Black History Month ain't a fucking international holiday. Shawnee Davis, Shani Davis, S-H-A-N-I. Um, so are we now racist because we didn't know his name? But, I mean, the whole reason to carry the flag to be during the opening ceremonies is for exposure. Don't sit here and tell me that, 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 that most of the people who are going to fight and, and and argue behind the scenes to carry that flag or doing so because they, they their hearts bursting with love for mom, bald eagles, and, 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 and baseball and apple pie. It's because it gets them in front of the fucking cameras. It gets name recognition so they can cash in on sponsorships. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 the Olympics makes the NCAA look like they're the most above-board organization I've ever seen. <laughs> And to be honest with you, as salty as I was when I found out the NHL wasn't going to let its players compete in the Olympics this this time around, the more I started digging into the the actual politics and goings-on behind the scenes, the more I was like, 
I don't really give a fuck to watch the Olympics. Why should I support this shit? Is that still a thing? Are they not competing still? Uh, if you are in an active NHL roster, you're not in the Olympics. Yeah, you notice there ain't no Olympic break this time around? Yeah. Like there was four years ago and eight years ago? I mean, so it, it's, yeah. But, I mean, you have so, you just, it's, it. I don't know. It, it's, it's an idea that I think it's time has passed, all right? Really, is anybody really excited to see snowy South Korea? If I want to see snowy South Korea, I can go online and find a a live stream of of some security camera on top of some building in South Korea while it snows. I can watch people walking back and forth on the street in New York and L.A. on some live stream. I can watch it happen in, in, in almost any country. I mean, the world got smaller with the internet. What the fuck do we need the Olympics for? And on top of that, you have athletes born in this country, trained in this country, who go represent the country where their parents are from. Huh? Really? Oh yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to go to Belfast and claim dual citizenship because my great grandparents were from Ireland. I don't think it works that way. <laughs> it does now? Just so I can make the team. What are you fucking Lavar Ball? Let me show up talking about go IRA and see how quick I get my ass fucking beat and thrown in prison. Okay, come on now. So it's, I guess it served a purpose at one point. I understand there's a lot of tradition and history there, and no, I'm not one of the I'm not one of these people that say all tradition and all history should be gotten rid of. But you have to roll with the fucking times and times. As, as the world gets smaller and we're, you're going to find that developing countries are getting more and more wealthy, all the Olympics sees when they see that is more people to take advantage of. And as developing countries rise and countries like us are going through a shift from a manufacturing to a service industry country, so we're on a down fucking trend, What's going to happen? You're going to get what you got. People with less and less interest in it. I laugh my balls off when they're talking about bringing the Summer Olympics to Chicago. Have you been to Chicago? Where the <laughs> fuck are they going to te- Exactly. How are they going to tear up Chicago to build all the shit for the Summer Olympics? What are they going to tear down Wrigley? <laughs> <laughs> Over a lot of people's dead bodies. Sears Tower got to go? I mean, come on now. Lakeshore Drive, we don't need that. The Miracle Mile, see ya. We need an Olympic Village. No, I'm, I'm with an Olympic City, Rich. That would be great. Never going to happen again because it's not profitable. But I would love to see that. And I would love to see the rule that says if you're not, if you weren't born in the country, you can't compete for the country. But uh, I, I actually like the Olympics, the winter and the summer. I like seeing my country go and compete, whether we win or lose. We're not really stellar in the Winter Olympics. We're really good in the Summer Olympics, but for whatever reasons, Americans don't like cold. This would be a propecia moment right here. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I do not care. Like, no, the last time I care about the Olympics, for my voice changed. That's the last time I got excited about the Olympics. I, yeah, I, I got to admit, when the NHL players were playing, yeah, it had my interest. Uh, I, I don't mind some of the speed skating stuff. I mean, that's, that shit's insane. 
the 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 what is it the the bobsled and the what is it when they go down head first the skeleton or whatever like that shit's insane, man. Yeah. Like that's one one mis- one mistake of a millimeter, and you are launching yourself halfway to where the Tesla car is now. Yeah, fucking right? <laughs> right. Tesla. I mean, you're, you're yeah, you're you're like in the passenger seat on YouTube, you know. <laughs> I mean, so you know, shit like that. It's like, goddamn, I respect the fuck out of the 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 guts, the nuts, the, 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 you know, brass ovaries, whatever you want to call it, takes to compete in that shit. But ultimately, is it enough to plan my whole day around? No. And I mean, that's the other problem. It ain't the world's enough the to internet, my DVR around. With the internet, we know what happens instantaneously. You have to, you have to basically insulate yourself from sports news completely and then go back and watch it Either when they broadcast it or a, a tape delay of it, if you it, if you want to be surprised, the the miracle on ice was tape delayed. That can never happen these days. Americans can never be shocked like they were in 1980 because it would have been all over the internet, Twitter. Everybody would have been fucking tweeting. There'd have been video of it, them celebrating. There'd have been fucking Instagram posts and Grinder and Tinder numbers would have went up. And I mean, just every, every fucking thing. Chris would have had to drop. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Uh, yeah, before it ever aired here. Seriously. <laughs> so the mystique is gone. That's I don't know. To me, that was the attraction of the Olympics. I remember the '84 Olympics very clearly. Remember the '88 Olympics even better. '92, I pretty much checked out. '96, I, I mean, '92, I absolutely loved the Summer Olympics. The original Dream Team. I said, wait a minute, they're putting all these guys on one team and saying go compete for a gold. Everybody knew that that thing was done, son. But see, once again, it served it served its purpose. The Dream Team in '92. What did it do? It brought awareness of the sport of basketball to people who would have never had the chance to get into it. And then fast forward 26 years later, how many European-born players are in the NBA? Right. How many? I'm sorry. We just talked about the Ball family. They're basically gangster running a team over there in Europe. Yeah, Lithuania. <laughs> they just walked in and said, this is our shit. No, it ain't. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is now. I guess it is, then. All right. Here, wear these whole, shoes. You're both. Whole, whole family of six foot eight black folks. We're not used to seeing that over here in Lithuania. Your team. <laughs> but you, we don't need that now. Because if you want to know about any sport, you hop online and you can watch it. I can go online right now and watch the KHL. Hey, case in point, breaking news. Flynn, the Bichon Freeze, has won the Westminster Dog Show. Couldn't keep that under wraps. You couldn't get the dog show bubble. That just came over while we were talking. Hey, hey, you know who? What, you, know, you know who? We need to I'm talk sorry. about your breaking news thing. <laughs> <laughs> Suspended. Can't well, spend, I mean, can suspend me. You know, and and the other thing I think with the Olympics is, and this is just me. This is me personally. It's something that I'm like, I, I've grown weary of. The older I get is the forcing of the feel-good human interest story that they try to do every time the Olympics happen. 
you know, it's always about, oh, God, you know, this this poor athlete came from, you know, a family that was murdered by rabid, you know, uh, raccoons and, 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 you know, they, they lived in the wild and had to eat their own feces. And, getting, you know, they never, getting up at four in the morning since you were three years old. Yeah, and, and their, their, their first snowboard was fashioned out of a two-by-four, and they didn't have any way to fasten it to their feet except for to Jesus nail it. You know, and, and, and their half pipe was literally a pipe cut in half that they poured water on and then froze. And it's like, okay, I get it, man. I, I understand, all right? But stop trying to make me fucking care about these people as more than just athletes on my television screen. It, that's what E60's for. All right? I, I get that too, Rich, because I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, get to the run. Did he make it down or not? God damn it. <laughs> on top of that, I got to go with Eddie Griffin on, on Winter Olympics. He's like, you know, Winter Olympics, white folks, I don't even know how you spectate that shit. You walk all the way up a mountain, and they ski by you doing them 100 miles per hour, and you're like, yay. <laughs> I think Buffy looks strong. Want to go walk down and see how she finished? Okay, let's go. I mean, how do you even spectate that shit? Fuck that. <laughs> Dude, I've never been skiing. Stay in the lodge. Get drunk. Fuck that. <laughs> you want to find Chris at the ski resort? He's in the lodge, setting the mood. <laughs> yeah. Where are you skiing? I, I, uh, Don't know. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually like the uh, Olympic moments, though, that these kids have. Because they do practice, you know, their whole lives for this moment. Gay! Um, like uh, Michael Phelps winning eight gold medals in one Olympics. Like every time that man got in the pool, gold, 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 gold. At some point, as, as the other swimmers, I'm just like, dude, just sit out. We got it. You're going to win. We're competing for silver and bronze. Let people watch us for a change. No, I get it. I mean, yeah, and that was that that drew my interest to that Olympics. And then what I loved even more was after it when the people were saying he's on performance enhancing drugs. And then like six Wait. months later, yeah, there's video of him taking a fucking six foot bong rip because his lung capacity is like of five healthy humans. And it's like Jesus God, that's if weed's a performance enhancing drug, Chris. I don't know why the fuck you ain't like a Hall of Fame know, baseball, right? football, <laughs> hockey, soccer, curling. You know, <laughs> you should be able to do hey, it all. What, right? I should be a first ballot Hall of Famer in everything. <laughs> in life. Quote, to quote Robin Williams, <laughs> weed is not a performance enhancing drugs. It doesn't enhance anything. It guarantees that you're going to finish dead last. The only way that weed is a performance enhancing drug is if you put a big ass Hershey bar at the end That's of the run. I was say, is it competitive eating involved? <laughs> and then it's, I'm there! <laughs> See Joey Chestnut get embroiled in a hot dog eating controversy? You know, Cat Williams said it best. You know, weed is not a drug. It's a plant. I looked into it. Science. And if you happen to set this plant on fire, and you happen to inhale what the fire lets off, there's some side effects. Hungry, happy, sleepy. That's the side effects. That's <laughs> true. Hungry, happy, sleepy don't win you shit in the Olympics, except for once again, maybe curling. 
Oh, you think if you got caught burning one down before the hot dog eating competition at Nathan's on 4th of July, you'd banned? Like, oh, look at this guy. Lifetime now that's the yeah. performance-enhancing drug. Yes, it is. <laughs> trying to make himself extra hungry. No, it's qualified. But they're 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 seriously they're with Michael Phelps. There's a lot of stories like that that's happened in the Olympics. The Dream Team, Phelps, uh, you know, Sean White winning his first medal on, on the snowboard. It's just, uh, Katie Ledecky in the pool. The year after Phelps, you know, there's just so many Olympic moments that I'm just like, mm, kind of proud to be an American today. <laughs> Gay man, all I know is that I miss the days when little princess ice skaters used to get kneecapped by whiskey tango <laughs> ice skaters. Why? Why? Yeah, and then make a porno tape that nobody wanted to watch. Oh God! <laughs> nobody asked for. Why did you make that? There was no demand for this. That was the I most difficult. That was the most difficult wank I had ever had in my life. <laughs> watching that. Oh my God! You actually watched it? Well, yeah. One. I, I knuckled up, bro. Yeah. I'm a participant in life, man. <laughs> it's there. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, let's put it this way. You, you may have an athlete's body, and congratulations on it, but uh, not all women who have athletes' bodies exactly look like very desirable out of their clothes. <laughs> I mean, I think we, we got to end here. We got to end up beating off to the Tanya Harding sex tape. Uh, I'm, no. I'm just saying, that bitch's thighs, she could crack boulders with, all right? It was like, uh, I'm all thinking- right. I mean that's the standard. If we it's, if we titled the episodes, which I might start doing once we bust a hundred, because there's no more jurors, there's no more athletes to name. It would be called beating off to the Tanya Harding sex tape. <laughs> All of a sudden, boom! Our most downloaded episode ever. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and it's buried at the back end. We fucked with you. You had to listen to the whole thing to get to it. But yeah, shit. So next, fuck. I mean, still we filled almost three hours, but yeah. Next ne- next week, listen to us trying to fill more time <laughs> till bit till spring training starts. March Madness playoffs. Yeah, that dead zone. Yeah, it's February. <laughs> all all you got is regular season hockey, basketball, and well, if you're the Ice Man, racing. Let's go racing. Yeah, right, what'd you say, Rich? And Olympics at this point, if you're in a, if you're into them, yeah. You you pretend to like the Olympics, like the people who pretend to like the World Cup when it comes around. <laughs> so yeah, thanks if you've been listening. If you made it this far. Thanks for listening. If you like it, tell a friend, pass it around, like join at a party. Bad venereal disease in your twenties. You can hit us up on Twitter at Sports Podcast. Uh, email the show sporgy at christophermedia.net thanks for listening we'll catch you next week alright later guys peace out y'all if you like this show please tell a friend please follow us on twitter and like and share us on facebook by searching for Christopher Media you can subscribe to all christophermedia.net shows for free on christophermedia.net 
Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.